The unsung hero of modern music gaming, Groove Coaster, joins the arcade score tracking graveyard. The game isn't going away yet, but your play history, save customizations, items, and online multiplayer will starting in April. It takes a shutdown to make that game's unlock system less awful. Funny how that works. This is just one of tonight's music game updates. Now it's time for your hosts, Rub Roberts, Jamie Summers, and Loki to tell you more about this, the other music game update, and the rest of the week's gaming news. Starting right now on the show, where every gamer has a voice. Hello, my friends out there on the internet. Welcome back to another week of the show where every gamer has a voice. It is Orange Lounge Radio, and we are live once again with episode number 990 of our program for tonight, January the 21st of 2024. My name is Rob Roberts, and I'm here with you every week to talk about what is going on in video games and gaming culture with all of you live in chat and uh, all of the world through our podcast feed. But of course, I could not do it without my co-host. Say hello to the one and only Dark Sakura or Jamie summers hello hi uh how are you um i had my covid shot which everyone needs to make sure that they have their covid vaccine Mm -hmm. unless they have allergies or a medically prescribed reason why they cannot Mm -hmm. but I also have other underlying conditions that means it kicked my ass Uh, it kicked my ass a lot in, in fact, it's hitting you so hard, it's screwing up your video as well. But that's, you know, hey, what else could go? It, it, looked, it looked right on my side. Hold oh, on. It's fine. It isn't an episode of OLR if there isn't at least a little bit of tech fail. What can you do? So, uh, all right. There we go. There, there there's, we go. there's our little VTuber in the Super Metroid. It's, the last VTuber is in captivity. The galaxy is at peace. I just turned it off and on again. Okay. Oh, that, that, that's a great way to fix IT problems, let me tell you. All right. Um, that's what I 90% of the time have to tell people to do every freaking day. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, we'll be coming back to you in just a moment for our kickoff topic tonight. But I'm sure folks that are uh, watching us live, uh, because we do tape live every uh, Sunday night at 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern, the Voice Geeks Network, twitch.tv slash VOG Network, right after the Bobby Blackwell Show. Folks that are watching live are probably going, Hey, wait a minute. Loki looks a little different this week. What's going on over there? Oh, my God. Loki's a shapeshifter. Yes. Uh, so here's the thing. Here's our special guest, Mystique. Uh, Loki uh, has uh, a kid. The kid. One of the kiddos has a birthday today. So, of course, uh, family is priority for him. You can't blame him at all. So he's off doing stuff with the kids. I don't know where they wanted to get taken today. So uh, we decided to invite a guest host on. And this guest host is going to be completely familiar to all of you because he's called into the show many times. He hosts his own podcast here at the Voice Geeks Network some of his friends called anime jam session it is of course the one and only dj rama s hey rama hey what's up rob how are you i am doing fantastic thanks for thanks for agreeing to be here thanks uh thanks for doing this appreciate you of course i just want you to know when i got that text i almost dropped my phone out of my hands like wait what you know Well, let's let's be clear. Loki can never be replaced, but it's not often we get a lot of notice. Usually if a host isn't here, it's because somebody's sick. So usually we'll just kind of make it a two person show. It is what it is. But uh, we had enough notice this week and I was like, wait a minute. Rama wanted to talk about a recent trip that he took and some of the picture. Well, you know, we'll get into that a little bit because you took went on a really big trip and you have some insights to gaming culture and some things as as a result of this. So it is still a video game thing, but we're gonna talk about that in a minute. And I was like, why doesn't he just 
freaking come on for the show. We have a chair open. Let's do it. So here we are. We're in this virtual thing now. You don't have to come to my house to be on the show. So why not? Let's do it. And this is something, you know, obviously it's still always going to be myself, Dark Soccer and Loki. But when it's not, this is something we'll try to do a little more often. Have some uh, have some other faces in here. So fun. Yeah. But it is good to see you. Uh, tell us a little bit for those that for some reason don't know about Anime Jam Session. Give us give us the elevator pitch on your show. Okay. Anime Jam Session, as I like to call it, is a 90-minute show where you have me, Mako-chan, and Ari, where we talk about some of the topics and information of what's going on in the anime industry, whether it's in the U.S. or Japan. Find out what's going on with upcoming conventions and the culture. And we kind of take our little spin on it. And usually we have one doing color commentary, one going on outlandish, and then there's the straight guy, me, like, we kind of need to calm this together until I get an article. I'm just like, what is this? So it's just basically us discussing what's going on and just trying to give our spin, our thoughts on it from going to conventions for over the last, I'd say. You go to a lot of conventions. Like if you're not listening to anime jams that you don't understand like how many conventions that show covers because you're very well traveled on the East coast. I mean, sometimes the West coast, mostly East coast, you know, I, I somewhere on my computer there is a Excel spreadsheet by year every single convention that I've attended since I've started. That's smart. I, I wish I'd done something like that. I have to go back and think now. About five, I think about five six years ago, I hit like the hundred and fifty mark, and I'm just like, oh wow, that's impressive. Well, that's awesome. Well, um, make no mistake, everybody. Rama's playing the role of a host tonight. He's going to help us with stories and all of that stuff. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But we want to get to our kickoff topic tonight because, boy, oh, boy, it's so funny. Last week we did the predictions episode. I don't think anybody could have predicted this game comes out of freaking nowhere and has just turned everything on its head. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to Dark Soccer for the rest. Please tell us uh, what's the big uh, news this week. So there is this game called Pal World, and um, it's basically a Pokemon ripoff, like a huge, very obvious Pokemon ripoff, Mm. even down to character designs. Mm. I I want to needle that a little bit. (laughs) Here's the thing. Um, Okay, go ahead. Finish and... Well, it's it's a little bit more like some of those survival games, but the big battle system with your little creatures, you know? It's pretty, pretty obvious. Well, it's like Pokemon Dark. There's no turn-based battle system, which is kind of. But I, I mean, I'm not like I get where the issues are because it's it's the look that's that's causing a lot of the controversy. But I do think it's important to say it's a survival game first, and um, instead of like let's say Lego Lego Fortnite and chickens, instead of the chickens, it's these um may or may not be skirting the line of legally different from Pokemon. But I'll let you finish. I refuse to support it since they use AI for their character designs. And I also will not support plagiarism. So, yeah. Well, Um, I... I, Okay, go ahead. So it's, it's allegedly, but there's plenty of discussion from Pocket Pair's uh, CEO uh, going back to 2022, where he talks about generative AI tools being sophisticated enough to avoid copyright issues. And there's another one in 2021 where they were showing uh, 
how AI could be used to generate new Pokemon designs. Um, but there's way too much evidence. Um, and especially in the the teams that are that were created for uh the creation of this game very inexperienced designers um many people who were uh, amateurs in their fields who are bringing in on this professional product um and uh including um the fact that uh, i mean now i'm not going to be disparaging on this one cuz they're saying that they had a graduate student who did a hundred of the character concepts. Um, you know, she applied all these companies and failed, but now she's apparently drawing the characters. Um, I mean, a talented artist could do all that. That's absolutely, absolutely fine. But if, if she's also, bringing in AI to do this work, she'd have to do it with company's knowledge. And this is more than just, like I was looking at the designs, this is more than just a passing similarity, like, you know, an art style tribute. Um, but, and Questbuster got to my, my next point. Please don't jump the gun. Thank you. Well, remember the podcasters um, can't reach chat, so. I know. Um, but, uh, they are, uh, also they had another game on Steam called AI Art Imposter. Um, so I think that it's a common, I think that AI has a big part to do with these designs and the fact that it is, you know, like I said, it's more than a passing resemblance to, to Pokemon there there are way too many similarities for it to be coincidence but but yeah i think that they took pokemon as a concept and then stole another concept from another game and made their own game so i have some complex thoughts on this very complex thoughts and i'm going to say up front, i'm not capable of complexity if, tonight if it's if it's obvious <laughs> go ahead rama well, I can say I have played the game. I put at least about an hour into the game. I heard about this through normal means. I heard someone, it was basically like Pokemon with guns. I'm just like, go on. So I go and I download it and I start playing this game. And I could tell already I'm not going to be really big into it because I'm not really into the type of games where you have to build and construct everything in order to survive i've only played a couple of those games and i'm not really good at them i thought it would be more like borderlands 3 where you get dropped right in here's your weapon here's your equipment go 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 shoot hunt this all of that well i was at the laundromat today someone made a mention about ai being connected to this game and then i went digging on twitter and seeing the similarities and the accusations at that point i just uninstalled the game because the field that I'm in, AI can kind of mess with my job, my livelihood. I mean, granted, it's I'm way far up the ladder, but still, it's like a it's a chain effect of AI gets more and more into into what we what I do. 
I've also spent a few hours with the the game and I kind of got turned on to it because of, um, well, the fact that it's on Game Pass and, you know, then everybody, it was kind of the same thing. I heard like, what, it's like a 4K Pokemon? What is going on? And people are going nuts about it. All right, let me install this and figure out what's going on. And uh, I had that's kind of the same takeaway as my first thought was like, this isn't Pokemon. This is a, this is a survival game that's using the Pokemon kind of shtick as sort of a, a mechanic within the game and specifically Pokemon Legends, which I think is important to say, because, again, there's no turn based battles in the game and even, you know, which is the core element of a Pokemon game. So but but I mean, here's here's the thing at the end of the day. I think there's two different issues going here and there's two very different issues going on with this game and they're two i feel two different ways about them and that's why i say my feelings are complex one of the issues is this talk about ai and what the ceo has said about ai in the past and the track record of what else the company has released and some of these other things i'm that's actually not enough evidence for me and i'm gonna i'm gonna explain why because we just had a talk on this show a couple weeks ago about square enix and there was an article about Square Enix and the CEO actually went out, went out and said, we're going to be aggressive with using AI for development. We're going to use AI to develop these games and, and do these things. And, you know, obviously now we have these issues with foam stars, which we'll talk about later and so forth. I think what it really boils down to is the issue with AI is that most of us get pissed off when we see AI art ripped off. And that's the part that pisses us off. If you're using AI for map generation, for enemy stuff, for automating textures in your game to help turn around HD graphics that's been trained on your own process and your own thing, I think generally the public doesn't have an issue with that. It's AI art that they have a problem with, which leads to the second issue. So so with AI, again, also uh, one other thing I want to say on that with AI is that Steam has a policy. That's another thing that we've talked about in the past couple of weeks. Steam came out with a policy and said, our publishers, if they want to be on the store, they have to disclose that they're using AI in their game. And it, here's a report button to report if you suspect that that's a thing that's being used. This is right now like one of the most ever – like it's it's up there with Baldur's Gate 3 with how freaking popular it is on Steam right now. And from the discourse trademark I've seen online, I'm sure people have been reporting it. it now, the company I guess could lie, but that's an awfully big bet for them to take is that they're not going to get caught. So I, I, I'm not con- – the evidence – saying that this game is using AI, not good enough for me. And at this, and what's being used as evidence right now, if is that, I'm, I, then why aren't we all uh, canceling our Final Fantasy Rebirth pre-orders? Because Square Enix is going the same way. We better, we, I we hope- We didn't no, actually pre-order it. I hope nobody bought that Prince of Persia game from Ubisoft because Ubisoft CEO. Nope. CEOs tend to be tone deaf. But at the end of the day, it's going to be the sales to drive those games. But now I want to talk about the second issue. And the second issue is plagiarism and- exactly how much of these pokemon are or you know the the palimon or whatever they're called in the game are actually pokemon and i gotta say the evidence is floating around out there on the the you know reddits and the the social medias of the world and the other stuff it's pretty look if i'm at nintendo or i'm at the pokemon company I've probably got the legal team drafting up a cease and desist that's going to hit hit on Monday or Tuesday. And that is going to be very fascinating because I think we're on a direct collision course for some type of, you know, street fighter versus fighters history type of thing going on here with this, which is a very classic um, 
court case, which by the way, Capcom lost, but there's been other cases since then. And this, there never seems to be a consistency here, but I, I think this is going to being a case about Digimon, but Digimon's always been quite a bit different than. Yeah. That's way different design styles, the storylines and all of that. Yeah. Well, well and I, I, even I, how they came about, they came about mm-hmm. from the Tamagotchi. Mm-hmm. Well, and what's interesting too is that there's also this whole thing with the Rockstar suing Remedy Games because the logo is, and it's like they don't look anything alike. But some companies are much more litigious and in protecting their IP than others. And I think the other thing with Pokemon specifically is that I'm pretty sure most of the major Pokemon, maybe not all 1,000, but I could be wrong, but most of them, especially the ones that they're going to turn into plushies and toys, they get trademarked. And I think that's the thing that's going to be a little unique about this is that if they can prove in court that these are Pokemon assets that were lifted and palette changed or like swiped around, you know, these types of things, that's going to be very interesting because I think they've got something with their assets that not all game companies have. And that's the trademarks for this other stuff. But But there's also, um, I believe there's the 50% change rule. To, to where something becomes free use mm-hmm. or fair use. Mm-hmm. But one thing, so, though, about the 50% rule, that rule might just be here in the U.S., but it might not apply in Japan because, you know, trade and copyright laws are, are different there. Yeah, and but they're still I selling the game this. in the U.S., so it's some it still has well, okay. to be, yeah. So All right, you got, yeah. you got that one. Um, and I'm, I am looking at chat as well. Sorry. Uh, I just want to point out Mike Def says, I do think that pal world is going to be the flavor of the month game. Nobody, the concurrent player base is going to drop really hard come in February. And I actually, I actually kind of agree because here's, here's something very important to keep in mind. There's Pokemon fans out there. I made the mistake of going in and looking at the discourse trademark on this last night. Cause I'm just, I find this whole thing actually super fascinating because at the end of the day, Usually when you have games that are that hard cloned, and I want to point out, you've got elements of arc in here. You've got elements, like the font is like straight out of Breath of the Wild and a lot of like the art direction when it comes to the structures and the way the world is built is very Breath of the Wild inspired. You've got obviously the Pokemon element and so forth. You, It's borrowing heavily from many games out there. And usually games that are clones like that, they fucking suck. Like we just, we go, oh, it's a mobile knockoff game, garbage, throw it in the bin, Right. The neat, interesting thing about this game that's, I think, put is like the sum of all the parts is actually kind of not bad, uh, especially considering the game is still early access. That's that's the wild thing about this game. The wild thing about this is that it has no right to be as smooth as it is when you consider what all may or may not be going into it. But I agree that with the thing that's a flash in the pan game. And I'm going to tell you why, because Pokemon fans are getting their feathers extremely ruffled at this game. It's not a, again, there is no, oh, wait, 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 there's wait, no wait, turn wait, wait. Com- based combat in the game. <laughs> like wait, the core wait. feature of Pokemon. Go ahead. I don't think this will be a flash in a pan game per se. If it does, it's going to be around for a little while longer because from people I've seen playing this game, the majority of, not the majority, but a lot of people playing Power World just to spite Pokemon and Game Freak because these are fans of Pokemon who are tired of po- of Game Freak's actions when it comes to the games and so forth. They're just doing it out of pure spite, which if you ask me is why there were so many concurrent players on their servers to do this, okay? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, you can't ignore that there is at least 3 million people out there that are saying loud and clear, Nintendo needs to step it up when it comes to tech. 
is it, like and, the, the fact that, you know, Pokemon in 4K, even though I don't think that's what this game is at all, the fact that that is the perception out there in gaming culture, that has absolutely led to why all of these people are suddenly downloading this game and, and the success and all that. And that, oh, it's online multiplayer, it's smooth, it looks really good and all this stuff. Yeah. Now, I want to be also fair to the Pokemon company. You know, I know Gen 9 gets a lot of crap, but I still believe in my heart of hearts that that game was set up a little bit because I believe they optimized it for a Switch system that never came out. Mm -hmm. I, I will take that to my grave. I firmly believe that OLED Switch that we got was supposed to be something much different. And because of the pandemic, they scaled it way back. And the Pokemon games technically suffered for it. But it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with the next Switch now. But here's the other thing. I really don't think Pokemon or whatever has anything to worry about because here's the thing. Pokemon's got a lot of soul and a lot of charm because they have the voice acted, you know, Pokemon that make the cute. They got the anime. They got the plushies. They got the world. They got that whole. They've got the trainer. I'm going to be the very best. I want to go get them all. And people, you know, aspire. And here's the thing. Like, and I'm going to be honest. This isn't completely a dig on Pal World because, again, I enjoyed it much more than I thought I would. But at the end of the day, I found I find Pal World to be very soulless. In contrast, and you might disagree with me, but I think there's something to be said about when you take these Pokemon and now you're beating them up with clubs, you're forcing them to work for you, they, you're, you're sending them into these fights and things like that. I don't think there's that same charm there at the end of the day. And that's something very important to Pokemon that Power World's not bringing to the table. Now, Power World may be successful for other reasons, but again, I don't think Pokemon fans have a goddamn thing to worry about. Now, as far as Nintendo you know, and, and uh, that, that, that whole mess, I, I do feel the game that I've played this weekend, I will not be playing in its same form in six months. Let's just say that. I'm kind of hoping for that. Mm -hmm. And ice, and from what I've seen, there are people who have already set up private servers to play together. So if this gets to CND, there's going to be underground power fight clubs going on. <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah. It's it's it, it, it. I think the most interesting thing about this game is it's it's causing us to face all of these issues in the industry like head on, like all at once. It's the AI, it's the clone thing. Because, I mean, if we want to talk about asset grabs and putting them in a game, I find it very interesting. I think maybe out of all the short blogs I read last night, I saw one out of many that mentioned Vampire Survivors. Now, why do I bring that game up? Because that game obviously lifted a lot from something else. But because it was so different, I think people didn't notice. Or perhaps they were sick and fucking tired of the company that owned those assets, which is <laughs> certainly possible. Nobody really brought that up. You know, and then, of course, there isn't the and I'm going to say the, the comments that the CEO made, they're not great. I'm not going to defend them, but I think a lot of CEOs are making ridiculous comments and that whole thing. What I feel like happened is that. Okay, they went away from AI and they hired people because they talk about the person that came in to do this. Yay, that's good. But it sounds like to turn around the amount of monsters they were looking for in a short amount of time, allegedly there may have been some shortcuts. Not such a good look. So um, it's going to be interesting. 
Uh, I'm looking in chat over at uh, twitch.tv slash VOG network. Uh, Fifth Dream says this doesn't feel cheap or cobbled together. Yeah, like again, for a game that borrows heavily from a lot of influences, it doesn't feel cheap, especially again for a game that's early access. Um, Questbuster says Pal World definitely has a lot of jank right now. Could mods change that or will the developer actually stick with it? Who knows? It's too early to tell right now. Yeah, and um, the fact is, this game ain't going anywhere unless we see something happen from Nintendo or the Pokemon company and their legal team. And even then, that doesn't mean the game goes away right away. Uh, I think there's I think there's about to be a very interesting legal discussion happening here. And this is going to be something that really guides our 2024 in gaming because something else to consider. Ironically, everybody else is going to be looking at the runaway success of Pow World. And now there's going to be clones of the clone. Send in the clones! <laughs> That's what's about to happen. I, well, I mean, Sony did that a long time ago. PlayStation All-Stars. Yeah, that was a really great idea. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I mean, the clones of games have always been a thing in this industry. Always. I mean, Minecraft. Hello. How many Minecraft? I mean, essentially, it's kind of, if you think about where this is, it's kind of a Minecraft clone. Uh, Doom, when that came out, then first-person shooters were all the rage. Street Fighter 2, probably the most cloned game of all time. Or fucking Flappy Bird. Anything that gets traction usually ends up getting cloned in one way or another. So it's Pokemon is no, and there's other Pokemon clone games out there. It's just, this one has now gotten the AI label on it, which is let's be real. It's the 2024 NFT sticker is now on this game. And that's got a lot of people, you know, but again, I, I, you know, for, for power world's credit, I'm not convinced on the AI front. You feeling like it has AI isn't enough. Because every CEO is talking about AI, and some of them, like I pointed out with Square Enix, some more than others. Uh, and, you know, again, if they're lying about AI to Steam, that is going to be very that's, – that's a very risky business decision. That's it. Agreed. And for, supposedly it was, it was like one of the developers of the game who said that they were playing around and experimenting with AI. Mm -hmm. And I get that. That is a gray area for some people. They're like, you know what? Until I hear back otherwise, I'm going to continue to play this game and do whatever. Yeah. Then you have others like me. They're like, you know what? I'm a step back from this. I have about 200 other video games that need some love and attention. I'm going to go show them some love till the verdict, till verdict comes back on that. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting 2024, and this is a very interesting way to start it off. <laughs> and nobody could have predicted this seven days ago. I, I really like all of this came out of nowhere. So it's, um, it's going to be very interesting. Um, let's see. Uh, Tiger Claw says 2024 is the year that AI be the talk of the town, good or bad. You know, what was interesting is I was having with a, a chat with a friend on this and this, this is true. AI is not leaving period. So we have to figure this out. We, we, we kind of need, what we need to happen is we need our government to regulate the use of AI art and who ultimately owns AI art and most importantly, how AI art can be trained. The government needs they, – they're never going to do a goddamn – our government is incapable of passing a fucking budget. They're not going to – they're never going to get to this. So it's, it's going to be the Wild West in some ways, or it's, it's going to be court cases one, one after the other. Fifth Dream in chat says we also need to differentiate AI art and AI. 
Yes. I think that's important too, because AI and game mechanics, you know, it, AI and game mechanics has been around since the fucking Atari 2600 or even systems before that. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's AI art. That's, that's the controversial thing. Um, and, uh, it's, it's AI art getting trained off of shit that isn't yours. That's the very controversial thing out there. Um, so that's, that's what this industry has got to figure out. But again, when it now, you know, on the other hand, we have foam stars. I don't think we have a separate story on that tonight, but we have foam stars comes out and says, oh yeah, we used mid journey to put AI art as album covers in the game. And now, now, now the stank is on that game. The the little, you remember pig pen from the peanuts? That's now what, which is ironic because foam stars game about soap, but <laughs> But I, 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 irony in gaming industry is fucking funny. Now the cloud of stank is on that Foam Stars game, and people are kind of trying to shift the cloud of stank to this game too. And I, I understand it, but it's a different stank for me. So we'll see. Rob, Rob, let me tell you to go back to AI art. Let's do talk AI voice for a second. Uh -huh. uh, friend of mine, well-known voice actress, found out that somebody ripped her voice from a couple of video games for this person's podcast. He did a Ooh. Pokemon themed podcast where he ripped voices and had them oh, no. do scripts and so forth. She and a couple other voice actors and actresses actually had to, they found him, sent emails, fans went after this person for ripping the voices and he eventually apologized and took them all down. Yeah. And the thing is, Shouldn't have done it in the first place. Right. Exactly. The thing is, I'll she stick with bad impersonations. Thanks. He got she, you. She, she contacted a friend of mine who works for Pokemon, but because of the laws, it wasn't too much they could really do short of like maybe copyright or trademark. But right now, there is no copyright or trademark on voices. And you know what? I would still loop voice acting in with art. Voice acting is art. It's it's performance art. And so I still kind of loop it in th that same category that that's, that's the shit we really need to figure out. And that's the stuff that needs to be regulated, how we use it in games. And to Steam's credit, they're telling companies they need to disclose in their releases um, how they're going to. I, 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 how they're going to prove it. That's, that's to be seen because you know what? It might come out that, yeah, this game fucking lied to Steam about AI. And that's going to be a whole other interesting fucking episode when that goes down. Let me tell you, it's, it's going to be an interesting year. And I, I yeah, it's going to be a very interesting year. This game is, is kicking us off. That's for sure. So, um, let's see. Um, yeah, but yeah, the voice acting, not cool. Don't do that to voice actors. Just if you must stick with bad impersonations, but if you have the voice actors permission, such as James Earl Jones, gave permission to Disney to continue. That's permission. Okay, that's different. But stop doing this without permission. And I would never do that shit on this podcast. And I think, I, I hope it was one of those things where they meant well, but boy, that was a mistake. And they learned a real tough lesson on that. So anyway. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on on something a, a little more lighthearted. I want to talk about this because Rama, um, you went on a really big trip recently, and I know you were really excited about this. So um, tell me a little bit about where you went, what you did. Well, for those of you who didn't know, I spent two weeks in Japan and I had an amazing time. Um, I went 
because I had the opportunity and also the fact that my job is closed for the last two weeks of the year. So I'm like, wait, you mean to tell me we're closed for the last weeks of the year and it's two weeks vacation? I'm going to go to Japan. And I and I made it work. So to summarize, I was in Akihabara. I went to Hakone, Takayama, Osaka, Kyoto, Minato. And I had a great time. I deep into anime. I checked out some video games. I hit the some of the arcades. And, and I, I just had a really good time. Um, Rob, I sent you the link uh, through Discord if you want to show off some of the photos that I took. And, sure. it's, and it's kind yeah. of fun. Yeah, I will. But uh, just remember for the podcast feed, we want to make sure we uh, are describing a lot more here. And I want to oh, go through everything. But I noticed you have some trips to the Nintendo stores. So we'll start there. So I'm going to pull those up yes. here. But um, yeah, tell, tell us a little bit about like, you know, you, you mentioned like kind of like how you saw gaming culture was maybe a little different there in Japan. Talk to me a little more about that. It's a better pres- preservation of products and and devices. And so there's a more of a love for it. Like, let's talk modern, like the N- Nintendo store. This is uh, photos from Nintendo store, um, I believe, Kyoto. Yes. And I, and I was there. I, it's up on the sixth floor up in a shopping mall. And I saw there are products there that I saw that you cannot get in at Nintendo store, New York. The size of the store is basically twice the size of uh, like 1.5, the size of the entire store itself, but no Pokemon. So that's in a separate section. And, and as I was walking around, you you can see all of the consoles. You can see all of the merch. There's a bigger display of the items, and it's just it's it's just amazing. I, I was in pure awe of what I saw because I'm like I've never seen anything like this before. I'm like, why do we not have any of this stuff here? You know. My partner is big into Splatoon, and I'm seeing all the Splatoon jackets, lifesavers. You, yeah, we're looking at a picture now with a ton of plushies. It's just like travel bags. I'm just like this. If we had some of this stuff in the new, it it would sell like hotcakes. It's just uh, absolutely amazing. I mm-hmm. I just felt like a kid walking through this and just seeing all of this, and of course, it didn't help that I was there during the holidays and the malls were kind of packed, but still, it was just, wow. 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 Um, tell me a little bit about, you took an adventure as like one of your side trips. You went to the um, Square Enix Cafe, and of course, I find this very interesting. Talk to me a little bit about that. All right, so check this out. My, I stayed at a hotel called Rem Akihabara. It's literally right there in the heart of, of, of Akihabara. I go and I walk down the street and I look to my left. And I'm just like, wait, this it's the Square Enix Cafe. Me and a friend, we went inside and I was just like, this is up. This is amazing. Um, I don't have that many photos of inside the cafe because I didn't want to be that tourist stopping every five feet taking pictures of almost every little thing but inside the cafe itself there's like little sections devoted to different final fantasy uh games uh kingdom hearts and dragon quest and it's just cool merch that you can pick up um 
for a friend of mine, thankfully she's not listening, I picked up two Final Fantasy VII acrylic stands. One mm. is Tifa and one is Aerith. And no, she is not holding the um the chair. <laughs> um, did you travel out to like any arcades? And what was kind of like the arcade culture like? Arcade culture was fun. When I was in Kyoto, uh, I went to round one. And... And I was just kind of, at, at first, I kind of felt kind of nervous, a little intimidated, walking in, trying to see what was going on. So I walked around and I explored, and the first thing I saw was a poppin' music machine. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm going to play this. And I'm just like, wait, what if my round one card doesn't work here? And, and I look, it takes 100 yen coins, so I'm like, I have a pocket full of coins. So I'm sitting there shucking coins in and just playing a few rounds of poppin' music. And then by even for those away. For those watching live, and I just I really apologize to the podcast mm -hmm. listeners, but I have up on the screen right now, it looks like Rama was playing Mario Kart at round one. Yes. And check out yes. check out the yes. Daisy makeover here in the corner. I just want everybody to peep that. There's there's our very own Ranma as <laughs> Princess <laughs> Daisy. <laughs> There should be another photo. No, there's another photo of me where it's much more up close. Go to the next one. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Perfect. I I had to. I no, it's had great. To. It's great. Shantae, you stay. All right. And I jumped onto the onto the. I think it's the 20th anniversary DDR machine or 25th one. It's it's a gold machine, and I played a round of that, and I had fun on on that machine. Yeah. And, I walked around and I saw the Mario Kart. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get into some Mario Kart. And I noticed something. The Mario Kart machines there take these special uh, Amy cards. And I went out and bought one of those for like 300 yen, which is like two bucks. So that, so I could keep track of, 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 the, of, my, of, of my gameplay. And I went through the 50cc course, which was fun. I jumped to the 100cc course where you actually have to drift in order to stay in first. I'm like, oh, it's like that now? Okay. Let's play. Um, in your photo gallery, I've made my way to this, like, Dragon Quest store. It's, it looks like a... Oh, is, is, isn't oh, Lawson, like, a 7-Eleven type of thing in Japan? I could be wrong. Yes. Okay. Yes. So You are correct. Okay. What is this all about? Like a Dragon okay. Quest-themed 7-Eleven? Yes, it is. Wow. Um, in Osaka, there is a Lawson's Family Mart that's Dragon Quest themed. And when you walk in, you hear the same sound effect as you walk into a town in a Dragon Quest video game. <laughs> okay, that's funny. I had to take pictures of all the cool stuff there. I was like, this is way too awesome. It reminds me of going into particular gas stations. I don't know if this is around the country, but I know in here, like certain Chevrons, you go into the mini mart and the sound of the cast register is the fucking sonic ring sound. And I don't know if those are like licensed in the same library or something, but it always throws me like I walk in and hear the sonic ring sounds at certain mini marts. Wild. Wild. Chad, is it just me? Has anyone else heard the sonic gas station noises? All right. Maybe I'm Nina and Sense Store, their little, uh, Char uh, charging sound like for credit card sounded like the old IRC. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh yes, yes, I know, I know that one. Oh, that looks like a lot of fun. So it's it def it definitely seems like you've got an increased amount of like presence for you know video game 
embedded in the culture. And I think a lot of us probably are aware that like, obviously Japan kind of appreciates video games, their cultures a little more than we historically have. I would argue it's growing here. It's still not at that level, but like, I don't think video games are really looked down on because most the adults, the the people that are the adults now, us, we grew up with video games. So it's not as like fringe as it used to be. But yeah, you don't see like a Dragon Quest theme 7-Eleven here. But um, I remember them theming some of them for The Simpsons when The Simpsons movie came out. So I've seen them do it for other things in pop culture, but never, just never that. See, Rob, one thing I did notice while I was in Japan, like I saw like, Collaborations and advertisements for the latest Spy Family movie, uh, Spy Family Code White, and I and it reminds me of something where in Japan, anime is treated like no different from a live prime time television series. So, like, mm. like, like all the love that Survivor gets here in the U.S. with popularity and so forth in Japan, it could be Pokemon. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. It's well, all the advertising, all the popularity. And Wait, all people the still like Survivor here? Because I feel like that's a fringe thing when I say I like Survivor. It's very hard well, to I, find I, people I, who still watch it. They're like, that show's still on? <laughs> I, I just threw that out there because I know how much you, you, you I loved us. I, I, yeah. I do. But yeah, okay. There's some cute little ads in this gallery we're looking at now on mm -hmm. the, the... Oh, a Sailor Moon store. Get out. Yes, don't show my husband. Um... I well, don't tell him I dropped almost two hundred dollars in the Sailor Moon Ooh, stores. I, well, I don't blame you to be honest. Here's a giant ad for Pikmin Four. Um, that was an ad on. Well, I was on the subway system. Okay, so there you go. It's again. It's one of those things where yeah. Now, okay, let's talk about this real quick. This is a little bit different than video oh, games. KFC. It's that. Yeah. It was that time of year to have your KFC for Christmas. I was going to say you were there on Christmas Day, right? Did you have a Kentucky yeah. Fried Christmas? Yes, let, let me tell you, I was in Osaka, and I found the KFC, and I go over to get on the line. The associate is telling me I got to go over to the other side. I walk to the other side, and I see these stairs, and people are lined up. I was just like, wait, all I get on the line. I waited about 20 to 25 minutes, got my order, went back to my hotel, sat down, and ate it. My brother in Christ. I have never had KFC so delicious in my entire life. I mean, I have, but it's been like years. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think when I was a kid, that was the last time I had KFC that delicious, that tasty. And well, I was just like, the chicken wow. tastes better on holidays. That's just fact. <laughs> it, well, I had McDonald's when I was out there and it tasted a lot better than the McDonald's I've had here. Um, is the whole fact that there's more care put into yep. the work one presents? It's a it's very much a cultural thing, mm -hmm. and the and the quality of the meat is a lot higher than it is here. Um, now I'm looking at your photo gallery, and it looks like you went by this store. And what caught me interesting about this store, you're at this store called Game Station. It looks like, but they've actually got a Fallout 76 ad in the window. Yeah. That is interesting to me because, of course, that is not a game developed in Japan. That's something over here. So I'm was was this like a, a, a I go as far as to say like an American game import store? Like we have Japanese I, import stores here. I, I, I maybe it was. I think it was like a secondhand type store where they get all types of stuff in there. I believe that's when I went to Nakano Broadway, which is like four floors of nerd stuff. 
Oh yeah, yep. look look at this in the store. It's Five Nights at Freddy's, Minecraft, mm-hmm. Nuka Cola. There's a Skyrim shirt. So this really is like shit big in America. That's not big yes. in Japan. That's interesting. Yeah. Did you go to like a book off or a game off or? Yes, I went to a book off and Amy, I made out like a bandit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. For oh my god! If I had known that you were going somewhere that had Transformers, <laughs> I would have. I, I would have sent you over more than just for my cup there Dan, dan's been really big back into collecting on his transformers man let, let me tell you i when i was in japan i get an email from amazon about my sailor venus q poskets they have no they've changed the, the street date to unknown so i said you know what i'm going to try to find them when i was there i found both of the figures that i wanted i paid a total of four thousand yen after tax which is at the yeah. time a little bit over twenty five dollars. Yeah, that's yeah, a lot cheaper yeah. than. And I can't. I cancel my pre orders. And the best part is, it says on the packages unopened. But I bought a lot of secondhand stuff, and from looking at it, you can't tell it's secondhand because of the care that pe- that the, the people put into it. Like right now, I'm. Oh holding- no. If you- you can go like designer bag shopping in like say uh Ginza or uh Bropongi and uh like I'm talking like Chanel, mm-hmm. you know, Dior, you name it. And even if it's like the only tiniest little defect, it's enough to mark something down to almost twenty five percent of what it yes. originally cost. Yes, that is one hundred percent correct. Cause some like I said, some of the stuff I saw, like I saw somebody sell something it was brand new all he did was open the box and look at it and put it right back in the box massive markdown like right now i'm holding the ron one of the ron one half games for duo for duo C, duo cd i paid a uh, pc engine duo yeah yeah engine duo. yeah i paid a little bit over two thousand yen after tax if i were to take like the paid stickers off and look at it i swear this is this looks like it's it's brand new there is there's so much care and you know love. all you need is a duo, right? Um, yeah. And I, you I, picked I, up I, a duo? No, but I did see uh Japanese three DLs going for one hundred and seventy five dollars after conversion. That's a little bit different. You're gonna want uh, uh, if you were gonna, if you're in the U.S. and trying to get like say a duo RX, then people are are definitely charging up for them like three hundred bucks for the system. But sometimes yeah. you can just get um like uh the core graphics unit mm-hmm. which is just like the turbo graphic like the plain base turbo graphics you can get the core graphics um that uses the japanese hue cards pretty inexpensively and then you can sometimes find the duo add-on a little bit less expensively what's going to get you is depending on what kind of card that they take like if it's an arcade card those are going to be pretty pricey that's why i'm saying you'll want a um a japanese uh a core graphics because the converters for those card for the hue cards they don't always work and they're right. sometimes more expensive than the systems oh. I, and when so, i when i went to super potato i have a video of me walking through there i saw a lot of uh i saw a few uh, t- uh systems in there too i mean if i had yeah. more cash with me i pro- and more space in my luggage i probably would have picked one up and kept and kept it going Okay, I know you guys are talking about games. Uh, now, if is, you, oh, sorry, which which is important and what the show is just, about. But oh, go ahead. 
Jamie. Yeah. It's just one last little thing. Well, yeah. and this will this will help people who decide to import games. Um, you can use an American Turbo Duo, and it will play most of those games because it it has it built in. But you'll need to actually have a full Turbo Duo. Okay, so obviously I'm trying to interject because sorry, no, and you're fine. You're <laughs> fine because you you all are talking about games, which is what this show is really about. But you all know that there is a secret second topic on this show, and that is food. So Rama, I have to ask you this because I'm looking at this fucking divine looking bakery like i see all of these donuts like i'm i'm crying in diabetes right now but i would i would have just a bite or five of many of these divine samplings in here and we even have like video game themed things here we've got like little pikachu uh and snorlax themed uh you know like donuts there and all of this stuff and i noticed you got all these pictures of the cases rama now, I got to read a bitch for a minute here. You've got all of these divine donut offerings. And then I see in the next picture, you bought the plainest fucking donut on the rack. <laughs> Explain yourself. You ate the right. plainest fucking donut you could in Japan. What is wrong with you? You have to blame the medication that I am on. I'm oh, sorry. Okay, fine, fine. All, all right, right, all right. All right. I, if, if, as a diabetic, I shouldn't be bitching, but... I could, I, I just, it made me laugh. I'm like, like anything in that case, he could have ordered. Rob, <laughs> let me tell you something. If, if you saw the pictures of the food that I ate there, oh, you'd be one angry bitch, okay? <laughs> no, I would. I but would. if you tasted some of the food that I had, you'd swear you have died and gone to heaven. I mean, I've had real sushi and sashimi, and I was just like, oh my God, this is delicious i had beef sushi and i was just like this is a thing oh yeah so delicious oh my okay so let me now, you can't get that at benihana and kura sushi if there's a if there's one by you just one one more time for the chatters and if so, or for the um folks out there and if somebody could clip this i would really appreciate this so folks in the podcast feed could see this i just i just want to recap here one more time rama goes to japan and just the most divine baked goods you've ever seen here <laughs> orders a fucking plain donut. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Let, let me explain that again. I, I'm on medication that, for weight loss. You don't, so. you don't have to justify it. No, it's it's funny more than I, anything. I, I know. Just saying, as I'm walking around building up my, my, my hunger, I'm just like, I just wanted to get something, you know, to try. Yeah. So we all know Dunkin' Donuts, right? Sure, of course. To summarize, they had a chain in Japan, sold it off, and it became Mr. Donut. And that's basically where I went. Oh, and I had that plain, was way better than any Dunkin' Donuts I've ever seen. I had a plain honey dipped um, donut from Mr. Donut. I had Japanese coffee, which is absolutely delicious. I came back with four bags of it, okay? I, I just wanted to try the Mr. Donut. I will be going back to Japan soon, and I promise you I will try the different Pokemon um, All right. donut. I love now, it. And now I'm looking at some of the other pictures. Here. You got you got some. But then, wait, not only do you have this yummy you know, dish here, and then this is a very pretty. I love this. And then yeah. why did you take a picture of Shake Shack? <laughs> because I had to. I got back. I, I got off the subway and I turned and I just go, oh my God, it's a Shake Shack. It's the same what? fucking thing you can see in any town. It's a Shake Shack, Rama. 
Rob. I saw a Shen Yun advertisement when I was on the train. <laughs> when I was going to Ikebukuro, I saw an advertisement for Shen Yun, and I'm just like, are you serious right now? Clearly, I nature I- is back. I wish I could take a picture of this. I'm like, nobody, nobody's going to believe me. <laughs> Anyway, all right. Uh, I know. I know. We want to get into some other stuff. I don't want to, uh, you know. But um, I'm sure, you, and you, I'm sure you'll talk about this a lot more on Anime Jam session yeah. as well. But you know, just kind of any other takeaways, especially remembering, like you know, this is gaming and gaming culture show. Just kind of like any other like takeaways about like how it was different in Japan to you than what you're used to seeing here. I forget the the proper term for it, but it's called the spirit of hospitality. Mm. That is basically what I saw. When I went into animate or book off or Surugaya or Super Potato, seeing all these secondhand video games and arcade anime swag and so forth, looking to see the care and meticulation of it, you again, you'd swear it's something brand new that someone just bought and they're just putting it out on display. It's just the love and care that I saw that made that made me feel like you know what. I, I love this. This is not hard. Like when I was in Super Potato, I saw a bunch of video games that didn't have boxes or manuals, but the way the carts were laid there and pristine wrapped, and it's like you can tell there's love behind all of this. Um, are you, are you there's pride in your work? Yep. Surely you're thinking about already going back. Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. And taking me with you. <laughs> and me. Yes. I, I will tell you this now. The best advice I can say if you're going there as an anime fan or a gaming fan, if you want to buy stuff, make sure that you could take two carry ons and save Akihabara for last. Mm. Because that's where you could be doing the bulk of your shopping. Even though I was in. Um, Benden Town, which is better known as Nihon, Nihonbashi, where you saw mm-hmm. the photo, the gaming photos. That's in that's in Osaka, but there's more over in Akihabara, and I say that because there is a Don Quixote right up the street where you could pick up a second bag for fifteen bucks to pack your stuff in and go. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Well. I'm going to close uh, with just a few more of Rama's photos here because I've got a few more food shots here and we'll mm. uh, kind of wrap this segment with this. I love this. You got a, like a nice Diwali presentation. And, you know, for me, I'm very happy. I see everything's in English as well. So I feel like I wouldn't be too lost if I went to Japan, but you got some very lovely things there. And then you have another, it looks like another picture of the menu here. And then mm-hmm. just, you know, some more food. And then we just end it with beer 30. <laughs> Yeah, that is an actual <laughs> restaurant that I walked by. You know, it's a it was a fast food, it was a regular sit down restaurant with different types of beers on tap. Right. Guess what time and, it is. And I will tell you this. Beer thirty. I went to this place called I think it's called Meat and Beer. I have a picture of it. I sat down, had a beef bowl and a beer. I paid twelve hundred yen for it. Under trans converted, that's about eight dollars for a full meal. You can't beat that. It's a lot cheaper to eat out in Japan than it is to like just go grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I I would love one, to go one, someday. One of my friends was one of my friends just shacked up at an Airbnb in Kyoto and lived there for like four months, and it was like it was inexpensive and everything was accessible and yeah. 
right. especially if you're in in Tokyo, traveling throughout the trains is just simply amazing, and it's so easy. Just don't use your cell phone. <laughs> if you have an iPhone, you're good. If you're Android like me, you're going to need a um, you're going to need an IC card, which I have one right here. I just it, understood yeah. it was discouraged to be on your phone on the train. Actually, not anymore. You are, there are huh. people who are using their phones as per normal. I have seen people eating and drinking on the platforms. From what Evan has told me, as long as you're not publicly intoxicated, it's kind of sort of fair game. Oh, huh. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, you got to meet up with uh, Evan from... Uh, uh, well, he, he, used to, he was affiliated with uh, Electric Sisterhood some time ago and wrote for their website and all that stuff when they were still around. So, And he's out there doing uh, like teaching now, right? Yeah, he he's been thriving out there. And, oh yeah, and I see happy. it on Facebook. He's just you can see his like he's happy. He's so happy. Oh, that's great. All right, well we've still got plenty more show and plenty more ground to cover. Um, Dark Sakura, I know you're feeling a little bit out of it, and you're kind of thinking you might want to bow out a little early here. Um, so that's fine. Yeah. So did you want to talk about your gaming week at all before we um get to the classic game? Yeah, um, I can. Um, I really didn't play a whole lot. Um, you know, I felt fine all week until I had my COVID shot, and I'm already starting to feel a little bit better. Just you know, I'm drifting off. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I, I did my first sponsored stream for Genshin Impact, and you want to know what's sad? Hmm. Game's fucking fun. <laughs> sad. There's a lot of people super into it. But I st- but I still want to boot Paimon off a cliff. <laughs> there's know. a reason. There's a reason they call it Weeb Breath of the Wild. <laughs> but but like um, I, there's like a thing for my sponsorship that if I play with somebody for like thirty minutes on a stream, like a a co-op or something, that they'll do something. I don't know. But um, but at any rate, you know, I I went into it with no expectations and left very very pleased with it. Although I really wish I could change the language so that I don't have to hear Paimon's voice. <laughs> um, but but it was it was it was cool. Definitely a little bit simplistic, and the location system in the game definitely could use some work. But I was I was pleased with it, and then um. I did the some of the new DLC for Cult of the Lamb, The Sins of the Flesh. Oh, yeah, I heard about You those. can go around doing naked dances. <laughs> there is a rhythm game section in there, which is really hard to do on the controller. Um, like, I'm even thinking about, like, just doing that part on the keyboard, but you, like, play drums, and you it's sort of, like, very simple pop and music with three buttons. Um, and then you can get people drunk. Rob? I made very sure to make a special drink just for you in my village. Oh, yay. Or in my my compound, I should say. And you were very, very drunk. <laughs> Quite, um, you probably opened a wine cooler and I passed out. Oh, it was a very beautiful fruity drink. Okay, well, that's how I like it. So, I gave <laughs> everyone else beer. Um, And then... um. And going back through and doing like if you have if if you elected to have the one who waits um, be one of your minions, then they keep giving you quest lines to go and retrieve certain things from the other areas. But I remembered reading in the the information for the pack that there's supposed to be another area open up. Um, I don't know, but you can still also get 
you know, I've I've already gotten all of the like the special buildings, so I did the uh what is it that they call it when you get enough uh soul energy you can upgrade things in your town or get new items. Um but they have they've addressed some of people's complaints. Like um they have extra storage for grains that the little grain silos can be filled out of. And then they have the thing that holds like twelve hundred pieces of poop. And then they have magic poop. <laughs> like you can get a golden poop. I don't remember what it, when you pick it up, it gives you money. And there's like, I don't know what like all the poops do, but there's a rainbow poop and it makes whatever you put it on grow like immediately. And, um, there's just, there's just neat stuff and you can like, you have this whole sin, uh, currency in the game now too, where, if someone like has gone and done some sin stuff and the sin starts taking over, you can go absolve them and absorb their sin and then use it to go shopping. <laughs> like if I could just pay sin to I go know, shopping. God, I wish then... I could go, go to Japan and just buy stuff with sin. It'd be fun. Um, <laughs> la 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 la. Um, but at any rate, um, it's it's it was. I'm enjoying it, and I'm gonna be doing it. Over, I think over the next few Fridays for my stream. Um, and I did, of course, play Dead by Daylight. Um, I'm not going to be doing that tonight because I don't have the mental fortitude to play Killer tonight and deal with people. Um, but I did. Uh, you know, I I I. I People being stinky because rank reset just happened, you know, uh, um, not long ago. Um, and then there's the the PTB that happened because we're now getting Alan Wake. Right. I forgot to bring that up, but that's uh, that's cool. It's an interesting cross. I like in in his little intro that you know how like for all the other survivors they show them getting mercilessly murdered at the end of their thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. Not him. He's like, do you know who I am? I'm Alan Wake, motherfucker. <laughs> Look at my flashlight. All of his stuff is is flashlight based. Of course, well, of course. So yeah. I probably, I'm probably gonna hate getting his adept. Oh yeah. Um, but um, uh, yeah, that was pretty much my my gaming week. And apart from just watching all the fun on uh AGDQ, that was that was pretty great. Um. But yeah, I mean, like like I said, normally I would be doing Killer Night tonight on Dead by Daylight, but um, I think the only thing I'll be uh, killing is my mattress when I pass out on it. All good, all mm -hmm. good. We understand you're under the weather. Well, I hate to make you keep talking, but before you head out, I know you wanted to touch on the classic game of the week this week. So we're gonna kind of. I can wait for you guys to do your parts. Oh, okay. And then I can do classic. Oh, game. oh you're gonna. Yeah, no, that. I I'll just. Oh. I'll, I'll just sit here and 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 listen. Okay, but so you I'm want me, just like you I've want, I've literally been nodding off in between stories. All good. Do you want me to take care of the stories you were set to do? If you don't mind. All right, you got it. Let's... But but I can. But you get your you get your your weeks out of the way, and I'll do classic game, and then I'll just chill here. Okay, sounds good. Um, so okay. let's go to then, uh, Rama. Your your classic game of the week. Or, oh my god, my wires are going. See, the, everything is breaking down tonight. It's all breaking down. Let's try, how about your gaming week? I didn't intend on getting sick. Okay, this is what we call the curse of the koi. Yeah, this is this is a complete no. mal malfunction, mal meltdown. 
what's happening. Uh, it's called The Curse of the Koi. On my show, we have someone named Koi. For some reason, whenever she tries to join the show, hardware failures, software failures across no, the board. Don't, wish, don't got, wish that on the show. It's gotten to the point where when it happens, we just go, damn it, Koi. And then she goes, when we tell her, she's like, you're welcome. <laughs> right. Well, the spirit, it, if, Koi, if the spirit of Koi is in this room, knock twice. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, Rama, how was your gaming week? It was pretty good. Um, Mondays when I get home from work, I join uh, my friend Kuro Hukari-chan and we jump on Discord and join the Alliance and we play Fantasy Star Online 2. So I, I do that every week for a few for like a few hours and the rest of them are just going at it. And the last time when I logged in last week, I've noticed I have logged over 700 hours into the game. I'm just like, oh, wow. Meanwhile, my weapons and stuff is not as nice as theirs, but we still do LTQs and all that good stuff, which is kind of fun. Uh, when I'm at work and I have some free time, I see I find myself playing like Monopoly Go or Angry Birds Bubble Blast or that 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 royal game that that keeps advertising. I just oh downloaded. God, you play couple- that? I'm tired of seeing the advertisements. I'm just like, you know, what? I'm gonna see what this is all about. So. All right. It, look, it, it's it's a sit down game when you're in the other office. That's all that is. And yes, as I've said, I did put some time in on Power World, which is no longer. And I switched. And after my frustration of the game, I switched that off, and I went back to playing Johanne the Parhelion, Sunshine in the Mirror. And that's basically it's a Metroidvania game. Long story short, you have to find the rest of her friends, and you get all these mystic items and so forth, and you just gotta rescue them. And it's kind of fun. Okay, nice. Anything else? Ah, uh, that's basically it. I'm hoping yeah. that I'm once I'm done with Johanna de Parhelion, I can actually finish Crisis Core. I could try to get more. I could finish Cobra Kai because. Less than like what thirty something days, FF Seven Rebirth drops. So you yeah. know I gotta get that. I gotta get that PS Five and do uh the remake integrate and then jump right into that. So yeah, I need to do a replay on PS Five before that comes out, and because uh, I never did the yeah I never did the uh, Yuffie part. Um, I mm. started it because I remember it was I was at Bobby's house when that first came out. With mm-hmm. the PS or well not like when it first came out, but like the Dragon Con right around then, and I remember right playing the beginning of it but i need to see kind of the whole thing start to finish obviously which i still haven't done so yeah all right um uh, my gaming week so yeah i I did play a little bit of of pal world i don't think i did anything extremely notable but just enough to get a sense of what the game was all about um but other stuff i played uh diablo 3 i was continuing on with the current season that had started um so i got i got two characters to 70 because i started with a necromancer and then i was like eh, i think i want to play demon hunter so i switched to demon hunter and so i was playing a little bit of that but i'll be going back to diablo 4 because now see season three of diablo four starts this week and they've talked all about like this whole uh mechanic that they're doing in the game it's i now i just fucking spilled water all over my desk like i tell you what it's it's broken tonight at ah! least the desk pad's not rgb so you don't have to worry about that type of damage oh my god all right anyway luckily it didn't spill too bad because the water was mostly gone but now my now my little wrist pad is moist um all right uh hello first world problems rob (laughs) i know i know 
Anyway, uh, where was I? So Diablo 4, the uh, season three is starting this week, so I'll be checking that out. And then Final Fantasy 14, the uh, 6.55 patch came out that has the story that now really leads us to Dawn Trail, and uh, they're really setting up the story for that. And it was cute. Um, and they they are they brought the female the first female Hrothgar into the game, and she's fully a part of the plot uh, that leads into Dawn Trail. So they were kind of you know, showing off the model, and then uh, one of your people that you hang with becomes a Pictomancer, which is one of the new classes. So obviously, it's doing all the teases. Um, and you know, we're still going to have to wait a while for that to come out. We've got a good six or seven months, probably. They haven't said yet, but before that expansion is out, but, uh, very exciting time for Final Fantasy 14 players. That's for sure. So I've been playing that as well. And otherwise I know this might surprise people, but one of my friends that I hang out with in real life, uh, really enjoys shooty games like Overwatch. And so we play Overwatch together. And so I've been, I feel like I'm getting better, um, I I feel like I'm getting really good with Life Weaver, but uh, my friend says it's just because he's easy. I'm like, what? Well, shut <laughs> up! Stop discounting my accomplishments. I'm getting I'm getting better with like the you know when to pull and all that other you know all that other stuff, uh, which is a lot of fun. See, so, yeah, I I really enjoy playing Life Weaver. I like playing Zenyatta because I just really like you know throwing the balls and the the his he's kind of got a DPS mechanic. Balls. I know. I also feel like I'm really good with Moira. Like when there's a Sombra that's pissing me off or, or you know, somebody that I, I feel like Moira's kind of like my go-to to be a little bit of a sneaky bitch. And I know a lot of people roll their eyes when they hear Moira on support because a lot of Moiras go DPS Moira. But I, I feel like I know, I throw plenty of heal balls when it's appropriate. I don't just use DPS balls. So heal, please. Heal, exactly. Heal, please. Oh, and believe me, that culture is alive and well in Overwatch. Somebody can be full health <laughs> and it's like, I need healing. I need healing. I need warp, healing. Warp prompt. Oh my god. All of warp it. Cu- uh, culverts. But I just imagine that everybody has the same problem I have where I have chubby fingers and I accidentally hit the keybind all the time for I need healing like as a healer and these people in the game must think I'm a loon because I'm like it's like but my fat keys hit the wrong or my fat fingers hit the wrong keys all the time so what can you do? So that was my gaming week. All right. Um, uh, we're going to get into the news now. Yes? Let's do it. Uh, but no, we went, game. Okay, so we do want to do a classic game. Okay, so that's fine. Well, let's do classic Sorry. game. And no, that's fine. We're, we'll get set up to do that. We must roll the bumper. I made a boo-boo with the classic game, though, because it was aiming for January 2014. And this is October 2014. But it counts because I said so. <laughs> because you don't want to be fucked with tonight <laughs> i i am not to be to as what was her name that said triflers need not apply yeah of course she was you know having people come in so she could kill them and take their money but still so dark soccer is acknowledging she has bent the rule a little bit this week because brain fog or whatever you want to call it anyway uh let's play the bumper before be- we get there because igdaf seems legit Now it's time to travel back to a simpler time, where I'll dive into the vault and pull out a classic and tell you about it. It's time for the classic game of the week. All right. So still, even even if we're talking about a game that's nine and a half years old, this is still uh, pretty uh, 
I, I'm impressed that this game is that old. What'd you pick tonight, Dark Sakura? Alien Isolation. Which um, I can't play this game because it makes me really motion sick, but I freaking love the game so much and diving into it. Um, so at any rate, uh, the game came out in 2014. It's a survival horror game that was developed by Creative Assembly. And it was published by Sega. It came out on PS3, PS4, uh, for Windows, Xbox 360, and Xbox One. Um, and it is based off of the Alien series spent uh, that's 15 years after the original 1979 film where you play Amanda Ripley, who is the daughter of Ellen Ripley. Um, and she's basically been going looking for all these clues about you know what happened to her mom and trying to find her and you get a lot about her story too about how like Waylon Yutani tried to you know take over you know pay for all of her education and do all of this and then she's like turned her back on them once she was old enough um so it's a lot of her own ingenuity and Sometimes, I mean, you can tell she's, like, really freaked out during the whole thing, but she perseveres despite her fear. Um, so, yeah, uh, I really like the character. Oh, and she's like, she's just, like, a real person. She can be a bitch to people. And, you know, she makes mistakes. I, I love how fleshed out she is. And the other thing that's cool about this game is that it is... Um, it mimics the aesthetic of the first movie. Well, and the second movie was even more in the same lens as the aesthetic, just, you know, a bit more, you know, what would have been a natural progression of, of aesthetics and design. Um, not like, oh, we're going to do uh, Prometheus, where all of our technology looks like it's from bajillion years after the movie we're supposed to be a prequel to. No comment. Um, but it is, um, it is a, uh, it was originally intended to be a third person game, but they used first person to give it a more intense, uh, mood and feel. Um, there are DLC, uh, packs. Um, there's even one that recreates scenes from aliens. And as I recall, I want to say that they got some of the original actors to reprise their roles. Of course, no John Hurt. Um, but this, those scenes were set after uh, his character, you know, had explosive uh, front-end diarrhea in the form of an alien. Um, but anyway, um, goes uh, into... Um, it does have some... Uh, some AI built in that controls the aliens movements, which is proper use of AI. Hello. Um, a lot of the designs were based around the AI that guides the aliens movements. It was very sophisticated. Um, there have been many ports of this game. We'll be getting into that in a little bit, and even a television adaptation, um, which you can uh, watch link through IGN. Um, but anyway, it is single player. Um, it has a massive emphasis on your stealth. Um, because when when that alien comes down, it can hear and smell. And it's pretty, pretty on the ball. Um, but you can you know run and climb ladders, go through vents, crouch behind objects. 
basically breaking line of sight uh, to do stuff like that. Um, and the alien is not your only enemy. Um, you, you know, you can hide under tables or go into empty lockers, you know. Um, but some of the hostels are the other humans on the Sevastopol station where you arrive. Um, there are these series of androids that are called... Um, what were they called? Working Joes? I have to see if I can find the name in here. Um, but you you arrive after they've already had uh, an alien incident. Um, and it just reiterates a lot of the themes that go on in some of the alien movies, how humans are stupid. Um, <laughs> I mean, it really is a lot of my emotions have overridden logic, is what these are. Um, it's definitely a game worth uh, going back and playing or at least watching a good playthrough. Um, but the whole thing that brings um, Amanda there is that uh, a representative of the company um, who you find out is an android, uh, he arrives and says that they found the Nostromo's flight recorder. Um, and so, and it was found on a salvage ship called the um, Anesidora. And was brought on Sevastopol Station. So, of course, with what happened with the Nostromo and the fact that, of course, the company knows what the Nostromo was going out there for, um, they uh, they ended up, you know, wanting to take take control of that black box to retrieve it. But when they get onto the the colony, of course, it's it's mayhem. Everything is shut down. Um, but it was all caused by uh, one of the by the captain of the Anesidora when it was his wife who, uh, after they explain, uh, went to uh, explore the the derelict ship, um, on uh, on that planet, uh, you know, the same one from Alien. Um, she basically they, they he insisted she break quarantine, come on the ship, got her to Sevastopol, and a chestburster popped out, and we know what happened from there. And so uh, you are fighting the uh, station's AI Apollo, um, who has put in like different measures to try to control what's going on and keep the the uh, the being contained, the alien contained. Um, and that Seekson, which is the company that controls uh, Sevastopol Station, actually sold it to Wayland Utani, and that's why Apollo is trying to protect the alien. And so, uh, you know, basically, it's a lot of her trying to go in and survive, and find the flight recorder, and you know, try to save as many people as she can. Um, but just all kinds of all kinds of stuff you know goes on is she does not have a good day of it like even going through some of the same things that ripley went through at the end um uh of course uh there are many spin-offs from this um i read the the comics that she was in it was really good but this was um basically they had uh conceived the game after finishing Viking Battle for Asgard uh, with Sega 
Um, and of course, they get acquired the license for Aliens games in December 2006. And so they put the first prototype out there um, where basically one person controlled the alien and the other would try to hide from the alien, you know. And Sega was like, we like this and kept going. And uh, it was based, of course, more off of Alien as opposed to Aliens. But there were uh, a few things that, of course, were included as nods to stuff that goes on in Aliens. Um, they really were trying to maintain that uh, retro-futuristic uh, atmosphere. Um, and uh, Fox, um, you know, the studio, provided them with three terabytes of production material uh, that included costume photography, concept art, set design, behind-the-scenes photos, videos, and the film's original sound effect recording. And they were able to get things that nobody had seen. You know, if you didn't work on the movie, you didn't you didn't know any of this. Um, and so it shows in the production quality. The game is, you know, amazing. Like, you have the chunky you know, phone receivers, monochrome displays, CRT monitors with distortion and even some with a uh, burn-in. You have, uh, they recorded the animations, these monitors uh, for onto VHS and Betamax recorders. And, you know, they, oh, wow. they really went all out for the effects. I mean, I can't say enough good. And it also does run on a proprietary engine that was used in Viking Battle for Asgard, but it was tweaked um, to include the atmospheric and lighting effects and the way that the alien behaves. Um, and also incorporates deferred uh, rendering so that they can put hundreds of dynamic lights in a scene and you know have it work properly and not take up too many resources. You know, it's just, it's a very, very amazing uh, system that they worked out there. Today, it would still, you know, go. And they had some canceled things that were in there. Like, um, they they wanted to have, like, people fashioning weapons. Um, but there was more to the game than just, you know, weapons and shooting. Um they wanted to also include the alien's blood as an in-game mechanic, you know, so that, like, you could melt through some things as part of a puzzle, but then they thought said it would take that into a, quote, weird direction. Um, I, I'm hoping, because they said that a lot of it was developed with a third-person view, and I would love to see if someone's modded that back in. Um but skipping past some of the, you know, marketing stuff, um, there is DLC, including Crew Expendable and uh, Last Survivor. And they were made available when the game came out. So Crew Expendable uh, included the Nostromo edition, which was the scene from, recreated a scene from Alien and involved the player controlling either Ripley, Dallas, or Parker, trying to flush the creature out of the Nostromo's air vents into the airlock. Which, as I recall, I think was actually more based out of a deleted scene from uh, the original movie that might have been reincorporated into the director's cut. Um, Last Survivor um, was also made available to players who pre-ordered. Um, and you control Ripley as she tries to activate the Nostromo's self-destruct uh, sequence and escape. 
Of course, Jonesy is there. We love our Jonesy. Good kitty. Um, and then there were additional five more uh, DLC. There was a survivor that uh, expanded the survivor mode with new features. A season pass uh, to these could be purchased. There's also corporate lockdown um, where you would play as uh, different corporate people that you just hear from in the periphery. There's another one called Trauma that had a new character that you could use on different maps. There's Safe Haven with another new character that, you know, basically they're just like NPCs through the the normal one or you know, background characters and you get to play as them and see where their story was. Um, the game had really, uh, I mean, it had pretty positive reviews, although some people were just like meh about it and I don't know why. Because it's really good um you know the design and it was very well uh received uh certainly one of the talking points um and but a lot of people just did not care for how difficult the game was even easy the the game is very difficult um it uh it was uh it did win some awards. PC Gamers Game of the Year 2014. Audio Achievement at the 11th British Academy Games Awards. Best Audio at the 15th Game Developer's Choice Awards. And four awards at the 14th National Academy of Video Game Trade Reviews. So this got tons of, of accolades. Um, even though the sales were weak of the game... Uh, Creative Assembly did want to do a sequel um, but then most of the team that worked on the game was no longer at Creative Assembly and they were working on uh, a first person shooter. So there were the comic book um, sequels Aliens Resistance and Alien Rescue both came out in 2019. A spinoff um, by D3Go called Alien Blackout was put out on mobile devices. Uh, it came out in January uh, 2019, but it was sh- shut down uh, on October 31st of this past year. Um, there is a pinball video game adaptation. Um, in uh, in Aliens vs. Pinball, um, there is a mode for alien isolation. There's a novelization and a streaming television series that was released on IGN that has uh, the original cast from the game. Um, I know I picked a doozy, but it was worth talking about. So yeah. this is this goes up on my list of probably favorite games to just freaking watch. Yeah, definitely. Um, so there you go. One that people say is is a good movie tie-in game, and we don't always get a ton of those. So there it is. But for me, it was the aesthetics of it. You know, mm. I just it was like they've nailed this freaking universe. And especially with, you know, just how, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Just nefarious the Wayland yutani Corporation was in dealing with the situations. Like, well, we want this. We're going to buy your company or buy your station. It's now us. Everything on it is our property. Um, and just the way that it ends, um, that isolation, you really, really feel alone in this game. Hmm. Even when you've got other people, you're spending a lot of time going off on your own. Um, there are ports that I forgot to mention. There's uh, Linux and OS X uh, versions. Um, uh, 
which I'm sure is still going on the current Mac OS. Uh, there's a Switch version in 2019 and then an Android and iOS version from 2021. It is also available on Amazon Luna. All right. Ooh, all that's right. your game. There it is, your classic game of the week, Alien Isolation. All right. Uh, Dark Sakura, I know you're heading out. So any final thoughts for us tonight before uh, we, 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 Rama and I run through the news? <laughs> Uh, well, I'm sorry to leave you guys. I'm just, if I could keep my head up, I would. Um, oh, thank you for the hearts, Ronchan. I am doing hearts back. Thank you, but, um Oh, but I want to thank Ronchan for my Kyoto mug from Starbucks. I love it. It's very pretty, and I will never drink out of it. <laughs> it's going up with my Sakura mug from uh, from uh, one of the other locations. I have a, a little, like, a child-size sippy cup mm-hmm. that's got Sakura all over it, and I'm never taking it out of the box. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, and I just also want to thank, uh, you know, I'm, be- yeah. I'm feeling emotional, so I just want to thank all of our listeners and all of our friends and everybody for helping us make it through to this this year because, I mean, it'd be really terrible if we're just talking to no one. And we're talking to all y'all. So thank you. Hearts. Yes. Uh, There's always been at least one person we've been talking to from the very beginning. So uh, yeah, definitely appreciate the listeners. Appreciate appreciate that for sure. So all right. And then as as for me. It's over. There you go. All right. Rest up. (laughs) Feel better. Tater taters. Right. Take care. Bye. All right. Well, how about that, Rama? Look at that. Now it's just you and me running this show. I feel like we belong. In, you ever seen the movie Air America? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll get through, we'll get through the news. So why don't you uh, why don't you start us off? Tell us what's going on. Uh, you t- you shared this one to our Discord server. Which, by the way, if you want to talk oh. news with us throughout the week, vognetwork.com slash discord is the place to be. Rama, I caught that you shared this one, and this is the latest in a disturbing trend, right? Yes, very. And I I, I, I felt kind of emotional when I was first when I was seeing like people posting photos of Best Buys ripping out the game sections or seeing just empty shelves. I was just like I can't believe this is actually happening. And I understand not everybody buys from Best Buy. Everyone has their place but for me, in living in New York City, Best Buy is more convenient for me to go and do my shopping. But right. some people, it's Walmart. And now what we're discovering is that Walmart is removing video games from their stores. And they're starting with a field for Xbox. And in a way, the story is coming out. It doesn't make sense, but at the same time, it does. Because supposedly, Microsoft told Walmart to remove the game. There's been no proof that that was said. It's just that this is what's happening. Because there was a memo that came out that talked about them removing the physical copies of the game from its platform and no longer sell it. Hmm. If you're lucky, you might be able to find a copy for three cents as it's being marked down. Jeez. Stores aren't yeah, stores aren't supposed to sell it, but if you get lucky, it's your three cents worth. Wow. Um, it would be very well, you know, you know who's going to celebrate this news. If you know, again, this is kind of just like one instance, but it definitely, if you can't help but feel like, uh oh, this is the latest in a trend. But you know who's going to fucking mm-hmm. celebrate this news? 
You know who's so fucking happy about this? GameStop. Because, <laughs> I mean, as these other places that sell the physical media is going away, GameStop, and now, and granted, I, and, and to be fair, uh, many people, you know, many GameStops have scaled back on that too. And we know GameStops sell a lot of other crap than just video games at this point. It's becoming like nerd stop or yeah. geek stop with all of the stuff that you're selling, but you know. But yeah, but GameStop kind of got done in by Walmart in some ways. So it's interesting if Walmart does start to scale back on this because, you know, square footage inside of Walmart is valuable. If there's other stuff they want to put in there, then you know, phone accessories or whatever it is they're going to put in there, then so be it. But um, yeah, this is definitely... This is this. I don't want to say this is the end of physical media, but it's starting to feel like shit. This is this is getting real. Like physical Rob, media is dwindling. Rob, l- l- let me tell you. Back in the, I think it was mid to late two thousand. I don't remember. I used to work as a rep for Best Buy, and mm-hmm. I would go in. And I would do inventory of certain titles, pack out certain movies and DVDs and so forth. And and I I would go into different stores and I would just see like rows and columns of DVDs and Blu-rays and and when I started there was a small section for VHS tapes. Now I go into a Best Buy, it's just like these short cat shelves, and it's like maybe four or five, and it's like the top sellers. This is what's out this week, and that's it. Yeah. And I look, and it's like, there's nothing here that I really kind of So I'm just going to do what everybody else does. I will just order it off of Amazon. Which would be the other one celebrating what's happening at Walmart, to be honest. Well, I, I, will, I do know this. They're still going to be selling physical games online, which is where I do the bulk of my shopping. I just feel like, you know what? I will just swing by this location after work because it's along the way. Pick it up and go home. All right. Well, let's move on to our next story. And by the way, part of the reason I'm I'm starting to pick it up, tonight's show just might be cursed, uh, Rama, and I swear mm-hmm. it's not your fault. But here's I'm going to show this for those that are uh, watching on the stream tonight. I just want to point out that big cell of red rain is headed right this direction. <laughs> and uh, I I would I wouldn't be shocked if this power just fucking goes out middle of the show. So if that's if that ends up happening. Well, <laughs> Rob, let me tell you, if you thankfully Twitch old... serves as a backup and th- so those days are over, but it's uh, yeah, it's one of those days. That's for sure. Rob, let me tell you, I mean, if the if the people who are participating with us haven't noticed my arm going behind me, because I have a heater back here oh, that I've been switching yeah. off and on because it is a nice crisp 20 degrees outside and in the installation of. This studio isn't the best in the world, which is why there is a curtain here. Because I can stick my hand through the curtain and feel Frosty the Snowman give me a high five. Oh, yikes. All right. Well, stay warm in there. And uh, uh, Mr. Smush would love your little heat thing, by the way. Because you know, you know Mr. Smush's place, but my cat, for those who don't know. Do you know Mr. Mm-hmm. Smush's favorite place to relax? Under the oven. He will get in the little spot between the oven and the counter, like when the oven is running, mind you. But it's don't worry, he's fine. He's a mod. It's a modern oven. It's contained in a thing. He's you know, if you 
he wasn't safe there but he'll because the hot air is blowing out of it he loves to curl up in a little ball right by there and just get soak in that hot air that's less he could listen to this show there's a lot of hot air on this show too all right <laughs> i'm just kidding all right uh terrible let's talk about the microsoft developer direct they had a big uh little to do this week uh and they made some updates on some games uh avowed is one game that has been on many people's radar it will be it's confirmed that it is coming to game pass and it is coming out this fall and of course avowed is one of those games that we kind of got a little bit of a taste of previously from obsidian uh but it was nice to see a little bit more of that i'm into this and the fact that it's on game pass is a huge win i mean again with everything we talked about you know, with Power World earlier in the show, Game Pass is the only reason. Like, if I was going to pay 30 bucks to check that out, I probably wouldn't have. Game Pass is the reason why I did. So uh, it's nice to see that Avowed is coming to Game Pass. In fact, I think just about everything they were talking about was Game Pass related, which is very typical for Microsoft in their events. Uh, finally, Sanua's Saga Hellblade 2. We have a date. We have a date. They're finally, after all these teasers, over all these years, we finally know May 21st, which is, that's pretty good. That means it's summer, not holiday. Uh, May 21st, $50 game, which kind of surprised me. They're not going full. I don't know if it's because it's a little bit shorter of a game. I think the first game was not super long, but it's only $50. But here's the interesting twist. It is digital only along the same lines of what Rama was just saying. This is a digital only for such a for a game that they've been hyping so fucking long, digital only. See, this this is the thing. Number one, Game Pass has saved me so much money since I've had it. Mm-hmm. And number two, this is something I hear from people all the time. Like, why are digital games just as expensive as physical games? And I don't know if you know this, but years back, digital the digital counterparts were a lot cheaper, but the big retailers were like, if you don't bring the prices up, we're not going to carry your games in the stores. So, yeah. Interesting. It'll be interesting to see how that might affect sales. Uh, let's also talk about visions of mana. This one was not confirmed for game pass, but it was still featured. Uh, and it actually, to be fair, it is a game that's also going to be on PlayStation and PC as square Enix kind of did a follow-up announcement. But uh, Microsoft's pretty happy to be working with Square Enix and have this on their console. So they they showed a little bit of some of the gameplay and, you know, all that that goes into Visions of Mana. So that's that's pretty exciting as well. Um, I, I know the Mana mana reboots have done... The first Mana reboot was kind of eh, but then um, the Trials of Mana ended up pretty good. And uh, I think folks yes. are excited for this one as well. Um, yes. Aura, History Untold is another game that they were teasing, which I kind of think is their answer to Civilization of sorts. I think it's a 4X kind of game. So that could be interesting. Um, so yeah, I've got my eye on that because I'm surprised we haven't seen a Civ 7 at this point, to be quite honest. Hmm. Uh, and then the big, big one I think most people wanted to hear about, Indiana Jones and the Great Circle, which is going to be launching this year for the series systems, of course, and PC and... Also Game Pass. So again, another nice little addition to Game Pass there. And uh, honestly, it just it looks like it's probably going to be better than the most recent movie, to be quite honest. Um, so yeah, people are very excited about Indiana Jones and the Great Circle. One other thing that some very eagle-eyed people were catching uh, is that apparently the developer direct had a segment about puzzles and mm. in the background, there was a quake symbol 
with text that said A-K-E-6 that was written in the foreground. Hmm. Now, I don't know why there would be a Quake 6 before a Quake 5, uh, but maybe, I don't know, I would think a Quake reboot in the realm of something like Doom uh, and how that all went would be a little more likely, but who knows? So um, that is something. Maybe they're trolling us. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's just a big troll. That could be too. All right. Uh, let's talk about Tekken 8 because we'd brought up uh, previously some issues with uh, accessibility or actually some neat things that they are doing with accessibility. And they're making some changes based on feedback that's already come in with that accessibility. So um, folks that were testing the colorblind features were saying, oh, we're getting vertigo and migraines. So uh, Tekken director uh, or Tekken 8 director Katsuhiro Harada actually responded and said folks have misunderstood the accessibility options. Um, saying it weren't meant to be useful for all the colorblind players. Well, that seems kind of like a, a kick in the butt. But he does mm. clarify, it was a work in progress. We've tweaked that quite a bit to address some of the issues and make sure that it works better for a wider variety of people. The updated versions will be added to the retail game and the demo. We just don't know when, but it is worth pointing out. Tekken 8 comes out, oh, this week, January the 26th. So it's right around the corner. So neat uh oh rama this is uh Mm -hmm. this is uh this is the end of an era right yeah it is and i was just kind of shocked by that you know i i just never would have expected it but as the saying goes all good things come to an end Mm -hmm. and what i mean is the very last batch of rock band 4 dlc comes out and it's going to drop on thursday the 25th and this happens to follow with Harmonix launch of Fortnite Festival, which is a game similar to Rock Band, which is playable within Fortnite, which to me kind of makes sense. If they're putting all this effort into this new game, they're going to probably need a team that was working on Rock Band to kind of get it done. Yeah, and they charge way more for the DLC in Fortnite Festivals. So that's where the money's at. Yeah. yeah. Can I be honest? Can I be completely tra- Can I yeah. be Can we have a vulnerable oh, moment? Oh. I didn't please, realize please. I didn't realize Rock Band 4 was still getting DLC all this time later. I, I honestly thought the faucet had been turned off on that some time ago. I, di- I didn't realize. Rob, you want to know something? What? Me too. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't know either. But here's the here's the thing. In all seriousness, it is still sad. And I know like Rock Band 4 yeah. was was good. And you know, there's people that, you know, miss the plastic instrument parties and all that stuff. And pod culture in chat says, I want rock band five, damn it. Well, guess what? You got to make a Fortnite account if you want to play it, because that's that's it Look, for better or for worse. I, that's that's I what rem- you got now. I remember years ago playing Rock Band on the Xbox 360. It was me. It was Dark Tetsuya. It was Misty. I don't remember who the fourth person was, but there were we would just get together and just start jamming. We just that's had fun. a grand old yeah. time, you know? And, you know, the Fortnite Festival, it's all right. It brings the spirit, except you don't actually sing. The singing is also uh, keystrokes. You know, it's similar to guitar or whatever. But um, I, I think Fortnite Festival is fine. I, You know, it got me to install Fortnite and check it out. And they are adding new songs into Fortnite Festival. It's slow, but they do it. Um, it's on Thursday. So I think, like, Bastille, the... Uh, Pompeii, was that the name of the song? I think that was the yeah. song that came out this week. That one other song uh, came is- out. Is that song in Rock Band as well as DLC? 
after all these years, I would imagine. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm assuming what they're going to what they're doing is is going back to the companies and renegotiating the the licenses on the song so they can slowly move them that's from what I'm wondering rock band to to Fortnite. It doesn't quite go one for one because many of the key mm-hmm. patterns are four unless you play on expert, then it's five. Um, and then again, vocals have to be keyed because they're not they don't play like they did in a rock band, but. Um, you're probably right in that, you know, renegotiating all that licensing and stuff is something, you know, they got to do. So, um, but it's, yeah, it, it does feel very like end of an era. And I get that Fortnite festival is still, because let's be real. Like as much as I say, yeah, it's fun. It's cool. I like it. I think they're, they're like five, they want 500 V bucks. It's like five bucks for one fucking song. And then there's a battle pass and some songs, like if you want Gangnam style, that's only in, or you want um, Poison by Belle De- Biv DeVoe. What an iconic mm-hmm. song. You have to get the battle pass. And to that, I say, no, I won't. So now they do have the free song rotation. And that's kind of something that, you know, Rock Band didn't have is that you get to rotate in that stuff. That's kind of neat. But um, yeah, it's, it's not the same as Rock Band. Um, but sadly, it's, they're going to get the plastic. They are working on the plastic instrument support. So that will be interesting when they get that in. That'll be cool. That would be nice. Yeah. Now, maybe they can actually do another production run of that very expensive rock band adapter. It's going for anywhere between 300 and 500 on Amazon. Yes, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Definitely. All right. Well, a lot of fans very excited to hear this because Sony is going to be making a movie out of one of their surprise hits from a few years ago until dawn uh so yeah until dawn which came out in 2015 my goodness i didn't realize that game was hitting about nine years old as well uh it's going to be getting a movie adaptation david sandberg who made the shazam movies and lights out is going to be directing this uh the um script is coming from gary doberman who worked on annabelle creation so a different uh horror movie but i guess the script was originally written by blair butler the invitation so it sounds like I don't know if Blair Butler wrote the game script or there was like a first movie script or what, but anyway, there's multiple writers uh, coming into play. Um, Now, what will be interesting about the movie is that technically you can play through the game and just about everybody lives. I don't want to spoil, but like there's like kind of certain people that have to die. Uh, But then you can also play through the game and like everybody dies. So Hmm. it'll be interesting to see how they kind of do that. Choose your own adventure for the movie. I I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm of a couple mindsets because I'm like, yeah, the, the people are really into the story. It's a good horror thing. I think I think the movie will be good. But I'm also kind of like, but the the game stand like you don't need a movie. The game exists. The game serves as the movie. It, it's it's of a quality enough, but you know. People still, you know, I I guess you could say the same thing about The Last of Us and look, that TV show is bananas popular, and yeah, so we'll see. Well, <laughs> I, I will say this. Um, when I was coming back from Japan, I actually watched the Gran Turismo movie. It was a lot better than I thought it would be. Yeah. Yeah, true. Uh, Tiger Claw in chat over at twitch.tv slash network says maybe they'll come up with an original story that doesn't follow the game story. That could I could see that, that maybe they don't have like the same characters. Maybe the plot is kind of yeah. similar um because i don't want to get into too well i mean it's like a nine-year-old game so like they could they could still have like the wendigo kind of like that's the whole like thread in the movie and then you know maybe it's different people but um it, it could be interesting we'll see um i mean 
that concept did work for Twisted Metal. True. Uh, Dr. Sia says, unless they do the clue thing with multiple endings, I don't know until Dawn super well. Here's the thing. If you actually, I, I know you're saying that maybe a little bit tongue in cheek, but if you read about like the reasons why clue bombed at the box office, it was because of that. It was because of the multiple endings. It actually did so much better on cable at the time. Cause you know, in the mid eighties, the in reruns, most of us grew up on that movie, watching it on TV because they would show it with all three endings and people were into that. And you could like, we were able to suspend disbelief about, okay, sure. There's just three ways this thing ended. It's, it's a silly comedy movie anyway. So yeah. anyway, all right. Um, but I, I, I think it's neat. And I, I think it's, you know, especially as somebody who hosts, you know, horror related things. Um, and I know I have my own nuanced takes on the genre, but I think this is going to be very interesting to see how this translates to a movie. Um, especially if they end up wanting to do a franchise out of it. Does this mean they do the quarry and some of these other games, or do they try to make more stuff within the Until Dawn universe? Because you don't make a horror franchise in this day and age if you're not thinking about a trilogy, at least. Fair. Or you 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 pray for the longevity of something like Saw, which 11 movies in that fucking series this year, when they made 11 movies in that series, which, by the way, is my least favorite. Leet by far, but I've t- I've talked about that on the show before. Why? Um, but um, yeah, it's just you you pray for that kind of longevity. <laughs> so, all right. Anyhow, um, let's talk about a pretty cool response from Nintendo to a really tragic earthquake that happened in the Noto Peninsula. Uh, Nintendo is actually donating fifty million yen to the Japanese Red Cross. And they're also going to be doing some free repairs. So uh, in a tr- this is a translated version of Nintendo's statement. We would like to express our deepest sympathies to everyone who is affected by the 2020 Noto Peninsula earthquake. We will provide repairs. And yes, this story is coming from 2024. So I don't know why it says the 2020 earthquake. But um, that's it. maybe it's well, all this time later, people are probably still trying to rebuild and all that. But yeah, this is again... Let me actually show you here, because some of you are probably going, what? But this is uh, this is the tweet for the Nintendo uh, account, and if I hit that little translate button, there it is. We want to express our deepest uh, sympathies to everyone who was affected by the 2020. Maybe the, the year isn't translating right. I, probably. Yeah, that might be what it is. I noticed the year is not written out in Romanji, so that's interesting. Anyway, we will provide free repairs for our products requested by people in areas where the Disaster Relief Act applies in response for a period of six months from the application of the Disaster Relief Act in each region. In addition, we will donate 50 million yen through the Japanese Red Cross Society to support those affected by the disaster. Regarding repair requests from areas covered by the law following the earthquake, please also see more information. Um, It should also be pointed out that Sega is also doing something. Now, obviously, there's no hardware on Sega's end. Sad. But they've donated the equivalent of about $135,000 towards charity efforts in the 2024 Noto Peninsula earthquake. It's right here. So, and I was like, I thought that happened not that long ago. So yeah, I think that's a mistranslation error that's happening on uh, Twitter. Twitter broken? You don't say. <laughs> shocked, I tell you. Well, what? not really shocked. By the way, can we go back to something way earlier in the show? Can I Can I call back? Because um, yes, yes. the whole Pal World stuff and the discourse around, well, the CEO said these stupid things. So, you know, the game must have a... I just want to remind everybody this 
a majority of that discourse, because I've seen some on Blue Sky, but the vast majority of that discourse about the CEO said something stupid, therefore we can't support it, is coming from Twitter. I'm going to just set that down. We'll walk away. I'm going to let y'all think about that for a little bit. Oh, sorry, Rama. I was using the wrong shot. You were split in half there. All right. It's fine. And as you were doing that and talking about Twitter, the theme from Curb Your Enthusiasm just popped right into my head as if it was meant to be because it makes so much sense. Yeah. All right. Anyway, um, moving on. Let's uh, – oh, this is – oh, so so here's the thing. People are talking about how pissed they are about AI art and how they're not going to buy games that support it, and I totally get that. Uh, depending on how the AI art was trained, and again, if it's trained on its own shit, that's different. But it seems to be the latest fad and the latest thing. We're going we're gonna to gang up on the companies. Well, let's talk about the last thing we ganged up on the companies with, Rama. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we get into that, I want to oh, touch sure. on something regarding the earthquake. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I remember being home. My 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 wristwatch, my smartwatch, vibrating like crazy at like 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. And I'm just like, what the hell's going on? And I'm checking and I see messages. Are you safe? Are you all right? Are you? I'm like, what oh. the hell? I had no idea what was going on. I go to the computer. Go on to Facebook, because, of course, that's where you go to get your news instead of, like, CNN, you know. And lo and behold, Earthquake. I was like, oh. Yeah. And I, and because of the algorithm half the time, people thought I was still, still there. there. They yeah. used and I will say, one of my friends who I hung out with, she lives in Nagoya. And she said she felt, like, the vibrations where she was in the office, but it wasn't so bad. So she was, I would say she was at least... Four hours inlet in from where it was. I feel like what was really making the news here, and maybe keep in mind, maybe it's because I'm in California, were the tsunami warnings. And that element of it was, I feel like, making mm -hmm. the news pretty heavy, too. Because that's kind of like, I'm like, I thought that happened, re you know, when the, the mistranslated tweet was throwing me. I was like, I remember hearing all of these tsunami things not that long ago. It wasn't that the same thing. So, yeah, it's um, a lot forget, of that here. Like, and don't forget, there was a, like a small earthquake out in California. And then right after that, an earthquake kind of hit us in New York because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. popped up on the news about some explosion or something happened at Roosevelt Island. I'm just like, oh, something happens on Roosevelt Island. I read the next day it was an earthquake. I was like, you know? Yeah. Then again, a tornado touched down 45 minutes from my house a few years back. So anything's plausible. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well. Uh, let's move on. So, uh, we were going to talk yeah. about what were what, the last thing we bullied in the industry. Yes. Yes. <laughs> this next story reminds me of an old saying, a fool and their money are soon parted. Oh, I thought you were going to say, fuck around, find out. <laughs> <laughs> and what we're talking about is how GameStop is terminating their NFT marketplace. I mean, who saw that coming? So. They're basically saying that they're phasing out the marketplace due to regulatory uncertainty. Well, but GameStop told their users that they have over two weeks remaining to use its platform. But yet the company assured the holders of their NFTs that the decision will not impact their NFTs, which will remain accessible and saleable through other platforms. So we're shutting it down. But, but you, can still, you can still show them off to all the people that don't give a shit. Exactly. <laughs> 
And the, one of the reasons why GameStop is doing this, they cited a lack of regulation as a reason for reducing their crypto initiatives, pointing out that continued regulatory uncertainty of the crypto space. The companies <laughs> in the United States where regulatory landscape for cryptocurrencies remain uncertain. Well, I don't know. The fact that now you can actually get a, an RTX 3000 series graphics card or 4000 series graphics card at a reasonable price where you don't have to sell an arm and a leg should tell you something. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to another story we have here, which is, uh, oh boy. Um, so I, I totally forgot that this game was coming out like this soon. And I know like Bobby Blackwolf's going to beat me up for saying that, but it's true. Like I, I've seen this game obviously teased. I like thought this game was like a holiday, holiday. 20 day, 2024 game. No, like mm-hmm. a dragon, infinite wealth. To the sequel to that game, I unfortunately did not finish because I get easily distracted by shiny things. But you too. Well, yeah, you know, it happens. But here's the thing. I still am taking an interest in the sequel. I'm sure the sequel story is completely followable, whether I beat the original game or not. That sequel is coming this week. It's coming out. And to build hype for the game, they got XQC to stream the game. Here's the thing. I'm not going to hate on the guy just because he's popular, because there's plenty of other reasons. But I I was going to say, uh, I don't know why they teamed up with it. Well, they teamed up with him because he has all of these followers. He has, you know, all, all these people on, you know, the green site. And uh, does he still stream here too? I feel like he does. Um, but I, I think so. here's the thing. He doesn't really care for role-playing games. And he's kind of like said that, that he doesn't like, and he he's playing the game. And when the game goes turn battle, which by the way, like a dragon as the mainline series is now the, Dragon Quest parody, if you will. That is now the main series. So it's that. Mm-hmm. It's not that more actiony old Yakuza game. But I have a fucking feeling XQC wouldn't know the goddamn difference anyway. And that the reality is because this is not his bread and butter. So I just find it very strange that these folks didn't do a little more research on exactly what streamers were going to be doing this. And they just put it in front of the most popular one. And I kind of feel like that is... That's a dangerous slope because, you know, when he's sitting there going, what, I don't know what this is. What's it, going? Yes, it just looks silly. And there's plenty of popular streamers who do play RPGs, who are into this, who would, you know, probably love to play this, to be quite honest. So it's just, I don't know. It's, it's not, not a great marketing choice, to be quite honest. And I'm trying maybe, not to be a hater, but I have no choice. No, no, you're right. But maybe they're trying to tap into expanding the market, getting people who play those types of shooters or whatever to check out something new, get him out of his um, comfort zone. That's what I'm thinking. And to be perfectly honest, the only time I've heard of XQC is the one time Linus from Linus tech tips went to his house to help rebuild his computer that he broke, trying to build himself. (laughs) That was it. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, Tiger Claw in chat says they just look at who the most popular streamer is, and that's the name that pops up. Yep. Um, now, Questbuster does point out kind of one of the like bummers about this game is that this was pure marketing, just like the decision to lock New Game Plus behind the more expensive deluxe and ultimate editions of the game, which, t- again, talk about choices. Like, I'm sure the game is going to be fine, but I really mm-hmm. wish companies would stop making choices to fuck everything up. Because there's a lot of hard work that goes into these things, and we don't need these choices to fuck everything up. 
Yep. It'll be on Game Pass eventually anyway, if you're willing to wait. But, uh, you know, again, I, I think the Yakuza and Like a Dragon fans would, you know, appreciate me saying, still check it out when it comes out. But, you know, these are the things we have to weigh. Anyway. All right. Well, the game does come out this week, so maybe a streamer that you like and appreciate will be streaming the game as opposed to somebody that's just popular, and then you can come to your own conclusions about this game and if it is for you. All right. We're going to move on ahead since we already did the classic game of the week earlier in the show before Dark Sakura uh, went on her way, and uh, I wonder if she's able to sleep with this pissing down rain outside. I know it doesn't pick up on my microphone with the noise gate, but it's... It's coming down. So, I mean, keep going. It's West Coast coming down. There is a difference, okay? When you live on this side of the Rockies, it's a different atmosphere. It's different, but it's 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 California rain coming down right now. So it's pretty pretty well. Oh, Dark Soccer's in chat still. It says, Rob, I love rain. I sleep better with hard rain. Get off your phone. Go to bed. <laughs> Sometimes when I'm streaming. You know what doesn't help you sleep? Playing on your phone or your computer. <laughs> Rob, listen, when I stream sometimes and the kids are upstairs are screaming and yelling, I'm just like praying to the streaming gods that when I go back and do the edit, it is not heard, and 99% of the time it's not. And then for some reason, the neighbor's dog starts barking. I'm just like, oh. <laughs> all right. Uh, we have another few stories we want to touch on pretty quickly here, just some rapid fire headlines. So, Rama, we'll go over to you. We're going to talk about this game called Groove Coaster. Uh, mm. It seems that the game Groove Coaster 4 Max is going offline in April. It seems that Taito announced that this is going to happen effective April 1st, 2020. Is this a long way to April Fool's joke, Taito? Please let me know now. That way we're all in on the joke. But, mm. but according to them, they're going to shut the game down. Is April, April 1st. Fool's a thing in Japan? I don't think it is as much. <laughs> Probably. I mean, they're on the internet like everybody else, so I think you have to kind of come across it there, but yeah. Yeah, some Japanese companies some be- ha- have kind of done jokes as well, so who knows? Yeah, but it's yeah, it's still announced in January, so it doesn't... January. Outlook, not good. Yeah. yeah. So it's shutting down April 1st, 2024, 6 a.m. Japanese Standard Time. The Rhythm Arcade game itself will be re- be available after the date as long as the Arcade Center still retains its cabinet. So you have that. Uh, once the game goes offline, you're not going to be able to record any play data with your Nessica card here. But what's going to happen is the extra mode and the difficulty levels for each song will be all unlocked. So there's no online connection, but everything that's in the game will be available for you to play. And there will also be local versus mode if there are multiple cabinets there running the game, which is kind of cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about awesome games done quick. And if you were here earlier in the evening here at Vogue Network, you heard Bobby Blackwolf talk a lot about this because he's involved with hosting. In fact, uh, ironically, talking about Yakuza and Like a Dragon, that's kind of one of the things, you know, Froob is the speedrunner and is the real star of that. But Bobby has definitely become like the... uh, the the voice off screen that helps you know kind of narrate through that whole thing and it's it's a lot of fun to watch and um so bobby's involved with awesome games so quick and they had a great year and a great marathon uh from a technical perspective and he talked a lot more about this on his show so i'm going to defer to that if you are interested in this marathon at all which you should be 
check out his show because he really starts to go behind the curtain as to some of the, all the other stuff going on. It's really cool. Um, but from a technical perspective, it sounds like because they were doing like an A stage and a B stage this year, they had very little delays. They were getting through it. They had like extra speed runs. So it was a, it was a well-oiled machine. And that well-oiled machine raised two and a half million dollars raised for the Prevent Cancer Foundation, to which we give a hearty fuck cancer. This is a great charity to be raising money for. So that's amazing. Um, it is uh, a little lower than what was raised last January, which was 2.64 million, but it was higher than the 2.2 million that was raised during summer games done quick, which was also kind of a different time of year, if you remember, and that was a whole thing going into it. But, um, you know what? Any God raising $10,000 for a charity is fucking impressive. You get up to a number like 2.5 million. That's mind blowing. So I don't think any anyone over there should be comparing to these other years where the economy was different. The environment was different. People were consuming more Twitch content because of the pandemic, yada, yada, yada. Um, I, I think it's an amazing number. And they did, they did this, like, of course the dog running gyromite. That's thought that was cool. Yeah. Button. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's infamous right there. So that's, that's great. That, that dog is the bestest boy on this planet. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, and then what, what was the other meme that came out of that? Hooray. <laughs> so that's, yeah. that's, that's the other thing I'm hearing a lot of. All right. Um, unfortunately, I also, for that good news, I have some not so good news. And that is current layoff updates in the industry. I hate that this is becoming a regular segment. Um, but now we have actually a studio we talk about a lot on this show, Behavior. The creators of Dead by Daylight have confirmed they have laid off less than 3% of the total workforce. I mean, it still sucks, though. If you're one of that 3%, mm -hmm. you know, you're not happy. Uh, they're blaming it on changing market conditions, saying, quote, recently changing market conditions necessitated adjusting the scope of several behavior projects. In these situations, our preference is always to reassign talent to other projects. Unfortunately, this option is not always available to us. These departures represented less than 3% of the, our total workforce. I feel like something got canceled behind the scenes. That's mm, what that's redoing. Probably. I don't think this has a goddamn thing to do with Dead by Daylight. Don't forget that behavior does other stuff too, like the dating sim, right? But also Meet Your Maker was a game they released last year. I think the fact that you probably forgot about that until I just mentioned it, unfortunately, says a bit about the state of that game and so forth. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it's probably just other projects we didn't know about or maybe some things related to Meet Your Maker. Who knows? But, yeah, that is a bummer. Um, our thoughts to those affected. Also, with some more cuts at Embracer. Because Lost Boys Interactive uh, have has lost an undisclosed number of employees, uh, but all disciplines at all levels were laid off, unfortunately. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands would be the game that uh, they were responsible for, which, by the way, now on PlayStation Plus, so that's interesting. But uh, in a statement to Eurogamer, Lost Boys Interactive confirmed the news, saying, Headwinds facing the industry right now. Unfortunately, this does mean we will separate from some of our team members, and we're working closely with those affected. We know this is a hard time for this talented and experienced group of people, and we'll provide support and assistance through this transition to those leaving. You know, again, I'm going to say this a lot this year, and I'm sorry in advance for being a broken record, but I, I hope those affected can find that silver lining of the fact that video games are art 
and there's nothing stopping you from making art. And that is how some great indie games rise up and really dominate the conversation. So I hope, and I, I also realize this is people's, you know, not everybody has the savings or the means to be able to just suddenly pivot and do an indie game and, you know, wait to get that kind of money later on. However, for those that can, those that have the ability to band together and do that, I hope people are able to make diamonds out of this lump of coal news and uh, the gaming industry as a result certainly wins as well. By the way, some other comments coming in from our chat. Questbuster saying there are rumors that Piranha Bytes, an RPG dev known for their gothic series, is allegedly threatened with closure. That's a part of Embracer. Uh, and SSJ100 Matt saying there's so many layoffs in tech right now, mm -hmm. it just feels like it's never going to stop. Google said they're going to have layoffs soon as well. This is just, it's, it's scary. And it's, I yeah. Do we blame uh, AI? I I feel like there's more no, than just the AI no, thing no, going no, on no, here. No, no. What, what I can tell you this right now because the company I work for, this happened to us last year. Mm -hmm. What happened was, I think it was middle of 2022, they hired an efficiency company to see how things work and operate and so forth. And after everything was said and done, in January, one of my coworkers who just came back from vacation was laid off. And they gave him... $5,000 in like compensation, whatever, and sent him on his way. And what they didn't realize is in this office, two on site techs, the workload has been outlandish. We are getting stuff from the LA office that they need done, like inventory, this and that. And we're like, we'll get to it when we can. There have been times I have stayed late just to catch up for that work or whatever. And now we're being told that we're going to bring a third person in. Honestly, these layoffs are coming from companies who are in hiring these these people to say, well, you have five people doing this role. You don't need five. You need four. And then fifth person gets let go and goes somewhere else. And then you realize somewhere down the line, oh, we really need that fifth person after all. I wonder if some of this is pandemic related as well. Um, perhaps that, you yeah. know, because like tech really changed during the pandemic and things really grew. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that tech is never going away, but you do see a lot of companies and a lot of society going back to normal using my quotey fingers at this point, you know, the, the world will never be, but never be normal again. But for the most part, you know, you've got a lot of people that are going back to the office. Not everybody though. The, the place I work, I'm still very thankful is telework. Um, but, uh, you know, you got a lot of people that are going back to the office and just a lot of people's habits are going back to where they were in 2019 and so forth. So I wonder if there isn't some of that coming into play as well. I, I, I have to agree with that yeah. because, you know, during the pandemic, Microsoft closed all of their stores except for five locations. And those are their experience centers. All the people that they, that used to work in those stores they were sent to work remotely to do support and so forth. As the trends change and people are going back to work, they started letting those people go. A friend of mine, a former manager at Microsoft, was one of those people. And it oh. took him about six months to find a brand new job. So, Jeez. And he, let's just say he had to go through AI with his resume to make it look good enough for them to take a look and be like, you know what? We like you. You're hired. Wow. AI to get by AI. God, what is this world going to mm. do? All right. Anyway, I, I feel like such an old man sometimes, but it's just get off my lawn. I know, right? All right. Yeah. Whatever, whatever happened to applying for? It's like you know when my parents were like, "Why don't you look in the paper to find a job? You find it. Go, go, go open the paper and see who's hiring." The paper is now indeed 
Craigslist and all this other stuff. Every job I've had in my adult life since my very first one out of college, mm-hmm. essentially ish. I'm not going to get my whole history, but I found on LinkedIn. So, I when it comes to jobs, I consider myself very lucky because I'm in a field of work where if I were to get laid off today, I'd find something within 30 days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't ever want that to happen, but I do feel like if shit happened, I'm like, I have a pretty unique skill set. I'd probably have to take a cut and pay, but. Um... I feel like I have a unique skill set that I could find somewhere else, but I just, I really don't want that to happen. So let's, let's stop talking about it. Okay. <laughs> agreed, agreed. 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 All right. Uh, let's, let's talk about something a little happier and travel around the world and check out some games that are coming out soon. Now, Rama, I apologize because Loki kind of just knows the link. So the one I gave you is like old. Do you, do you have the current link or do you need some help here with us releases? I don't have the current No, you're good. You're good. So I'm going to help you out. Rob's getting in a boat and going around the fucking world. Here we go. Coming out in the U.S. this week in January uh, 23rd, I believe. We have uh, for Windows, Graven. For the PlayStation 5 and Series X, we have Howl. And on the Nintendo Switch, we have Neptunia, Sisters versus Sisters. And then on the 26th, we have Macross Shooting Insight for Windows Switch PlayStation. We have Shiren the Wanderer, the Mystery Dungeon of Serpent Coil Island on the Switch. We have Tuhu Luna Nights on PlayStation. We have Undernight Imbirth 2 for Windows Switch and PlayStation. And then kind of the big releases for this week are on the 26th. We've talked about them both already, but if you forgot, that's Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth, and Tekken 8, hitting a variety of systems. Honestly, Xbox, PlayStation, Windows, you name it, it's all there. It's just Like a Dragon will be on Xbox One, excuse me, Infinite Wealth, will be on Xbox One and PS4, actually, whereas Tekken 8 is only on the new stuff. So that's what the week looks like in the U.S., traveling over to Japan and checking out the releases there. We have on the Nintendo Switch, we have Sudama Relation comes out in a regular and limited edition in Japan. Uh, Apollo Justice Ace Attorney Trilogy. It looks like they're uh, packaging together the Ace Attorney games releasing on the Nintendo Switch there on the 25th. Uh, with Undernight in Birth 2, Sis Celeste is coming out in Japan as well. Uh, Tuhu Luna Nights also out on the Switch in Japan. And then a whole shit ton of games in Yuki Yuna Wayusha De Aru. There are eight different volumes of this game uh, that have to do with the six members of the Sanshu Middle School Hero Club. Uh, Each volume is a newly written story. So there are eight games if this is something you're just really excited about maybe you just want to pick up the sets there's two sets if that's of interest to you uh shiren the wanderer also out on the switch in japan this week and uh tekken uh or i'm sorry tenka toitsu is also out as well because tekken's not on the switch uh igdra union three in one special bundle is also out on japan this week and then going to the PlayStation 5 this week and looking at the releases there. Of course, Tekken 8. You also have Aliens Dark Descent uh, getting its release in Japan this week. If you're into Agatha Christie games, Agatha Christie, uh, Murder on the Orient Express gets a Japanese release on PlayStation 5 this week. Um, so that's about it for uh, Japanese releases. Let's take a look at the UK, which... I'm not sure this site is going to work for me. So I may have to beg apologies to our UK fans, but I'm not seeing. 
I'm not seeing anything either. I know. I think it's the same thing where Dark Soccer just kind of has a site that she uses, but I'm looking real quick to just see if maybe it's like a browser thing. Um, I don't hear. No, it is. I pulled it up in uh, Edge and it works. How about that? Oh, sweet. Yeah. So coming out in Europe on the 25th of January, Yu-Gi-Oh! Two-Player Starter Set. Oh, those are cards. Why is that on this list? Never mind. Those are cards. <gasps> this can't win them all, Rob. This, well, this is what happens when I'm all by myself. Well, I'm not by myself, but you know. Um, but the big releases, of course, the same shit I've already talked about, like a Dragon Infinite Wealth and Tekken 8. You knew that. But also, The Walking Dead Destinies is out on the Switch in Europe this week. So check that out. All right. Phew. That was a one man around the world trip. How about that? Okay. Rob, before we continue, there's one of the games that you mentioned, yeah. uh, Macross Shooting Insight. Mm-hmm. When this game was announced, there was drama regarding this game because oh, really? of the U.S. licensing of Macross. Really? Tell, yes. tell one, me more. One, one of the characters in the U.S. version is missing from the Japanese version on the cover box, and that's Lin Min May. And it's be and from my understanding, it's because of uh, Harmony Gold's hand-fisted rights on Mac on on Robotech. Basically, Robotech uh, is a combination of Macross and Most Piata and a couple of other titles that was mixed together. It's just all it's because of the licensing. And in recent years, they've come to the table and be like, "We're finally going to release original Macross in the U.S. It's subtitled." but it's something. But because mm-hmm. of all of this, that one character is not on the cover box of the American release of the game. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It's almost, it's a, I'm reminded of like a Ms. Pac-Man thing where it's missing from all these collections because somebody different technically has the, but then, but then yeah. they will release it as its own thing. And then it's, it's weird. Anyway, it's like, the, it's like the Tatsunoko versus Capcom uh, yeah. issue. Like, some characters couldn't be in it because of the licensing in the U.S., but they threw in some extra characters just to kind of make up for it. Yeah, wild. All right. Well, this is the part of the show where we want to invite your participation uh, with us. It's the Listener Roundtable, and we invite your emails every week. Participate at orangelaunchradio.com. If anyone wants to call in, we can surely arrange that in our Discord server in the green room, vognetwork.com slash Discord. Uh, and then, of course, if you have any questions in chat or anything you want us to talk about, especially remember Rama's here and just got back from mm-hmm. Japan. Well, not just got back, but, you know, um, we can do all of that. We actually do have an email tonight, though. So um, I will go ahead and take that away. So, again, if you want to email us for a future week, participate at orangeloungeradio.com is the place to send an email. Uh, this email comes to us from Elliot B. Always good to hear from our friend Elliot. Uh, and I'm going right. to invite I want to invite the chatters and Rama to reply to this one, too. And you'll see why in a minute. The email goes like this. Hey, OLR, I've been really enjoying watching awesome games done quick for the second year. Thanks for the reminder. Well, you're welcome. And I'm sure Bobby Blackwell will be very happy to hear that. And I'm happy to hear it too, because they do great work over there and raise a lot of money for charity. After last year's, I realized I actually enjoy having streams on, even if it's just background viewing. But I had a hard time finding any streamers I liked post GDQ. A lot of the top channels on Twitch seemed, for lack of a better word, juvenile. It's not just you. So Uh I would like to try again and find new favorite streamers. Do you have any tips? My partner likes to have Sim streamer Little Simsy on, and I enjoy it too. But I think I'm more into the sorts of games featured on AGDQ. 
And to head off the obvious answers, I just subscribed to all of the OLR host Twitch and YouTube channels. <laughs> well, thank you for nice. that. Thanks, Elliot B. Well, thank you for that. Um, I have a few suggestions for you, actually. Number one, I don't know if you know, but the Games Done Quick stream, if that's the sort of thing you actually enjoy watching, they do content all year round. Because they, you know, those um, those events that they do, the awesome games so quick, the summer games so quick, those are the tent poles, essentially. But they will do, like, pretty much every night I see them live doing something on their stream. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, you know, kind of how they raise money in part to put the events on through bits and subs and things like that. And kind of keep that community going and, you know, bring the speedrunning folks together. So um, I'm imagining you're already following the channel and I think if, you know, as far as like background noise goes, I think that's a really good thing um, to uh, put on. Um, and actually, ZenMonkey11 kind of goes the direction I would actually recommend as well, who says, don't look for streamers you like. Look for streams on hobbies and topics you like. Yes. And you yes. asked for tips. And that would be my tip to you is go into and look for games you kind of want to watch, right? Like, you know, it's no secret with Dark Sakura doing her Dead by Daylight streaming. I've played the game a little bit. I like to watch Dead by Daylight streams. The reason why I like that particular game is that the game cycle resets every 20, 30 minutes, basically, because you're going into a new game, right? Same thing with something like Overwatch or those games, because it I don't feel like I'm missing anything. Whereas when I'm watching a narrative game, and I have watched those streams, especially when my friends stream them, um, I feel like it's a little bit harder to like catch a game midway. You know what I mean? I want to see mm -hmm. things, you know, I think from the beginning. So um, there's that. Bobby wanted to also give you the tip through our chat room. If you like someone on GDQ, they show their Twitch handle in the GDQ layout so you can find them. And that's also another good point is that if there were some personalities and people you liked, follow them. They would appreciate it because there's streamers of all sizes that stream in Games Done Quick. Like, for example... Bobby Blackwolf is is a, a, a mid-sized streamer. You know what we do here at Vogue Network. We do a lot of good stuff. He's, you know, he's not like the small, small streamer, but he's a middle road, we'll say. But there's a lot of large streamers that also participate with GDQ. Uh, for example, I know one that I've been able to meet in person and, by, you know, is uh, Enigma, uh, Eternal Enigma, uh, who was at Southern uh, Fried Gaming Expo. Great guy, super nice guy. And I've been in his Twitch channel and he's got hundreds of people popping off at different horror games. He's very well received and popular and for good reason. He's very animated and has like the soundboard and all that stuff that pops up. And he's very, mm -hmm. he's a very good host. Um, I, I, in fact, I, I believe he's done the live hosting thing kind of thing like I have. And I, I, it's like, I see you, bro. I see you. Like you, you, you've got it. Like I see what you're doing there. So, you know, but my point is with that is that, you know, especially with an event like games done quick, people kind of, they have to check their egos at the door because it's for charity. So I think there's certain people that would never do games done quick because they have to check their egos at the door and I'll leave it at that. But the people that do games done quick, you know, they're of a certain cloth where they're willing to like kind of like put that stuff aside you know what i mean so anyway uh bobby blackwolf is of course shouting out his pal frube who did the yakuza and like a dragon speed run and pretty much anything related to that you've probably seen frube on and yeah frube seems like a great i don't i don't know him as well as bobby does but just from you know again having it on in the background and picking things up uh seems seems like a delight for sure so it's great um quest i would was, also say oh, yeah um, please I would also say, you know, maybe this would also help. Like, if you have any favorite video games you've played in the past, 
go on Twitch and see if anybody's playing them. You know, if you know the game pretty well, have it in the background and just hear them go through the game and see if they enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Or see if there's any voice actors that are doing Ooh. Twitch streams. Because uh, one of my friends, uh, Michelle Knotts, she did a complete Twitch stream. Took or I don't, I forget how long it took, but she went through Persona Five. She created her own voices for all the characters in the game, and she fell deep into the lore and just got emotional and attached to it. So there'll be parts of that stream where you will be watching, but there'll be parts of the stream where you'll be doing other things as background noise as she's doing the voices for all of the the text stuff, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, Tiger Claws recommending a Twitch channel called Classic Tetris. That's fun. Um, Questbuster points out part of the challenge is finding streamers that fit your time slot. Some really good streamers cast at very odd hours because of their locale, making them hard to see depending on when you search. Yeah. I would also really encourage you to narrow down your search a little bit. Um, use keywords. If there are certain types of streams you're looking for, use keywords because I do this a lot. Um, you know, because I'm interested in supporting other LGBTQIA plus streamers. So I look for those tags a lot. Not, I'm not exclusive on that, but I usually find, yeah, I'm going to connect with a streamer. Like we're, we're going to have something right away in common if, if they have that. But I also like people that will put, you know, chill stream, uh, relax stream, or, you know, even if I'm in that particular mood and maybe you want it as background noise, um, ASMR, which isn't always literally somebody doing ASMR, but it might be somebody that's playing a game just a little more chill tonight. You know, tonight we're just going to vibe out. We're going to play a little bit of No Man's Sky. Uh, I've just had an edible, and we're going to take on the latest expedition going on in this game. So why don't you all just join me in chat and, uh, you know, we'll play along. <laughs> like That's sometimes what those are. <laughs> Rob, I, I have a, a request. Yeah, what? Can you say the Metroid is in the last Metroid is in captivity? The galaxy is at peace. Of course, <clears throat> the last Metroid is in captivity. The galaxy is at peace. Did that do something for you, Rama? You okay? Oh, here's the thing: when I heard you doing the ASMR voice, my mind switched to that that line from Super from Super Metroid because it reminded me so much of it. So I needed to hear that. <laughs> I love it. Um, here's the other thing. And don't just you just said it. Put that in the Super Metroid HD remake. Oh, no, okay. Me. I would serious talk. I would love nothing more than to do a video game voice someday. Like I don't. And here's the thing. There's a lot of hardworking people that work very hard at the craft that, you know, I don't want to take away their thunder or anything. I am perfectly happy at voicing random NPC quest giver number one or something like that. Just, I would love, love, love to be a voice in the game someday. I'm just putting that out there for anybody out there that may have influence. That would be just a goal. Hashtag life goals. So, um, yeah. Uh, Dart Dart Sakura says, I still want Rob to voice Nia for my DBD project, which I still, Y'all are weird, but in in the best possible way. I mean, that would love. All right. Um, uh, Yeah, but I was going to say also the algorithm on Twitch will learn what you watch and recommend streams to you. And it's worth paying attention to sometimes. It's it's fairly decent at getting it right. Um, So it's something, something to think about as well. So... Uh, yeah, I hope I hope that's given you some ideas. Um, as far as like other names, well, of course I would recommend Anime Jam Session. I don't think uh, Rama, you stream really on your personal stream, right? No, I don't actually 
personally, I don't use it for streaming at all. Everything I do is through Anime Jam Session. Uh-huh. And I just keep forgetting to find a time where I just want to do like a chill anime game stream, you know, classic Super Famicom game, just playing through and just having a good time. Mm-hmm. I just got to actually find like a time where I can actually do it. So uh, I'm just like looking at my list of who's streaming right now. Um, Haslands is a delight. Uh, he's playing Dead by Daylight. He's a big DVD streamer, but he's he's really nice. Leash Capiche, she's a lot of fun. She's got a huge community. She's playing she's playing that Power World game right now. Um, Lappin Online is just a, a, a lot of people I follow. I met at TwitchCon. <laughs> or something like that or again uh, uh, nick and prince who i think we've rated a lot through this he's great he's also a dead by daylight streamer um i was just trying to think of other people associated with the vogue like i know british invaders they don't really do twitch at least not yet um black compat i'll still support them they may not be on twitch anymore girls gone wow went over to warcraft i can't i'm sorry i forget the name of the twitch channel i'm sorry but i think it's warcraft radio so they do stuff with that they have their own twitch as well actually uh girls gone wow has a twitch and of course i'm still going to support them even if they've gone mm-hmm. a different direction i totally understand why and i, I think it's they're still going that's great that's, cool. they've, that's, that's really they've been awesome. going as, as long as anime jam session has about i think they've been going a long time so yeah so yeah just giving you some ideas some things to um consider and yeah yeah, SSG100 Matt says a lot of people I follow are friends of friends. Pay attention to the shout outs. Pay attention to the people that uh, in chat are bringing good vibes and are really funny or bring something to the table or like somebody whose comments are on point. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes if you click on their name and see a custom avatar or you can just go to their page and see if they have followers, it'll tell you if they stream or not. Because if they only have one follower, they probably don't stream. I mean, it's a dangerous assumption to make because some people are just really trying to make it. But usually somebody's, you know, gotten at least like 10, 12 people if they've done a couple streams. Um, And uh, yeah, you can kind of tell that way. So anyway, just some ideas. I hope we gave you something to think about. But yeah, keywords, they go a long way. Um, It helps. All right. Well, that was it for the email and I don't see any calls and that's all right. So uh, let's see. Uh, Oh, Questbuster in chat says on voice stuff, check out the modding community. Fallout 4 is finally getting a massive mod release this year and it has a ton of voice acted roles. Projects are always looking for roles. Yes, that is, that is another, yeah, fan mods and things like that. Absolutely. So. I remember years ago, like I think when Final Fantasy IV the After Years came out, there was a project behind that to do um like like a like a radio play for that. So mm-hmm. I knew a couple of people that were connected to that. All right. Well, that brings us towards wait. the end of the show. Oh, please. Wait, wait. One thing I'm surprised this wasn't on on the show roll, but I want to bring this up uh, yeah. about Ubisoft uh, screwing the pooch. Yeah, talk about this a little bit. Well, basically, what's been happening is, and I think the CEO basically said in an interview or something like that, telling fans to get used to not owning your video games. Yes, yes, this has been a meme all week. And the funny thing is, I have been seeing people get upset about this and be like, I hold a physical copy of the game. I don't know what you're talking about. And I have said, um... My brother in Christ, my sister in Christ, for the last 10 to 15 years, you do not own the video games that you purchased. You own a license to play that game, and the publishers can revoke that at any time as they wish. But I have a physical copy of the game. 
physical copy of the game still has to call home to make sure you can play it and they don't want you to play it they can do that how do you know this is true oh you need to read the end user license agreement i never agreed to that yes you did you have to check that you agree to it in order to install the game on your pc Getcha. This isn't the same meme that I saw the first time, but this was something that definitely had me thinking. This isn't the same, Mm -hmm. but um, it it still gets the same point across. And the meme goes like this. If paying for games means you don't own them, then pirating games isn't stealing. (laughs) Food for thought. And I had a discussion about that. I have gone on record regarding that. Mm -hmm. I, I admit at one time, I have pirated games and movies. I've bootlegged and this, all of that. When it comes to fan subs, there's like a general rule of when the series is licensed, you drop it and you go to something else. It was considered a gray market. But the licensors are like, like no, it's still bootleg. You can't do it. And that's what was happening. I mean, when Full Metal Alchemist was being released here, multiple fan subbing groups passed it like a hot potato. But now it, it's basically where you have a license to play this game or watch this content and that's it that's the way it's it's been for like the last 10 15 years it's in the license agreement you can't say you didn't agree to it because you had to in order to access what you wanted yeah and and, that's, and this is where it's going this is and this is the future this is how it's going to be eventually and i see what's going to happen like look at some of the mmos that are no longer around that's a prime example you can't play that mmo anymore because the servers are gone and your physical copy is just sitting there on your shelf collecting dust but it is i do agree with you but it is interesting what fans will do because just last week we had that story on city of heroes uh Mm -hmm. which you know faded years ago is somewhat making a comeback through a fan community that essentially Mm -hmm. it's it's embraced by the you know original developers you know and that sort of thing is that city of heroes is essentially going to live on in that way so it is it is interesting what fans will do to save games like that there i I mean i think you brought up a couple times there are private wow servers for similar issues yeah but blizzard don't blizzard don't like those but because of those we have wow classic that is something okay. to consider is that blizzard kind of responded to it in their own way i mean there's also if i'm not saying there's still private pso bluebird servers and sega's like yeah. uh, you know well just- yeah uh, actually dark soccer reminds us in chat when uh that ended sega let people transfer their accounts yep. to private servers they they fully embraced mm-hmm. that so that was pretty cool in that case too so yeah but anyway, no, I mean, like, and, you know, I also, I want to be clear. I don't advocate for piracy either. Right. Um, you know, there was a time in my life and even you can go back on this show where mm-hmm. I was endor- because mm-hmm. I would get so frustrated at games that did not release in the U.S. And I was like, if they're not going to release the game here for me to purchase it, then I'm going to download it and just take it because right. they don't want me to buy it. That's what that says. I realize, you know, especially I'm older and more mature now, I realize there's complicated licensing agreements that they yeah. can't sometimes release music games and other reasons for that reason. But, you know, I'm what can I say? I'm still very stubborn in that way. But this whole concept of there's games that are only released in certain territories, a lot of that's faded uh, It's yeah. over the years as, you know, digital has made it more of a global marketplace for sure. And you're right. And I'll go on record and say, half the time I pirated in bootleggers, I wanted it and I couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. Half the time if I played it, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to buy this and I'm going to support it. And 
with the advent of streaming anime, being able to watch some of my series, I started hitting the delete button on, on titles that I that I downloaded. When I started buying stuff, I was able to do that as well. And then as I continued to go to conventions and meet voice actors and people in the industry, the views on piracy just change. And I, and my thing is this, I don't condone it, but if you're going to pirate it because the source material is completely unavailable, I can understand that. Some, I don't see myself dropping like maybe $500 on an out-of-print series, but I can go to a site and pull it in 55. If that series gets relicensed for for sale and it's 50 bucks for it, I will buy it for 50 bucks and hit the delete button on my downloads. Simple yeah. as that. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what develops of this whole stance, but at the end of the day, here's, and here it is. And this loops back to the beginning of the show and what, you know, power world and all that stuff. If you want to support something, support it. If you don't want to support something, don't support it and support something else. Right. That's it. The games that sell and the games that, you know, that's, that's the stuff they're going to make more of. And as far as Ubisoft's next project goes, if they try to release something that you don't actually own, don't buy it exactly that's it vote with your wallet that's the way we always used to phrase mm-hmm. it all right on that note thank you for bringing that up that was a, a see the, the all the power world discourse completely derailed that was the big thing on social media and then power world came out and that just yep. va- vanished mm-hmm. so thank you for yep. reminding me of that all right that's no problem uh well uh, I do want to thank everybody for downloading our show or listening live tonight. If you if you liked what you heard here at Orange Dawn's Radio, please help us spread the word. We are the show where every gamer has a voice, but we need more voices to put out here on air. So help us uh, spread the word. A nice five-star review on a site like iTunes or Spotify or wherever you found the show goes an awful long way. You can tell a friend about us too. It really helps. Social media posts, we love those too. Even if you are still using Twitter for whatever god-awful reason, that's your that's your business. Um, but we, we'd still appreciate a post there. Um and of course, also support our friends such as Anime Jam Session. And on that note, Rama, I really want to thank you for filling in tonight. Not only did you agree to come in and uh, take Loki's and you did a great job with the story because I knew thank you would because you. you've been you. doing your own thing for a long time. Um, I, and then Dark Sakura unexpectedly had to bow out early and you just, it's been a pleasure and a delight to do this show with you tonight. Uh, so I just want to thank you for rolling with it and agree to be a part of our, I mean, you're always a part of this you know, crazy show. Yeah. Being a part of it on this side of the screen. Yeah. Well, look at it this way. At least this time, I'm not in behind you, sitting behind you doing caramel dancing. <laughs> and I'm going to always be thankful for that. That's for sure. You know, I always, you know, that fucking caramel dancing is still a meme. I see it on TikToks. And what I'll see is I'll see like this, how I spent my weekend. And it's a guy passed the fuck out on the floor mm-hmm. as, as the neon lights are going off in the room and you hear, da, 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 da. And I'm just like, and then the cats are just walking well, over him. <laughs> it's so funny so what, to me. I don't know why. So, so what you're saying is you were watching um, video footage from MAGFest this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that what they were doing at MAGFest? I saw Matt in chat. I wanted to say welcome back from MAGFest. So it uh, looked like I heard he was saying there's a lot of people at MAGFest, but I'm not, I'm not terribly yeah. surprised. It's kind of the – I mean, I know 2023 was kind of the first year back, but this this really feels like 
really, really back, you know, this year. It was like me hosting a show last night. I don't know if y'all know, but I, I host live shows in town. I love doing it. And we had our first show of the year last night. The uh, uh, Sacramento Horror Film Festival was last night. And the uh, burlesque troupe I work with a lot was doing like a mini show. So I was hosting for them. And that's the first show I've done since October because, you know, we just don't do a lot in that space uh, over the holidays. So it just felt really fucking nice to be back. And just like it was a really good crowd. People were into it. It's just... Live performance feels really good. Being in the same space feels good. And I know we still need to be aware and cautious. And, you know, I don't want to make believe COVID doesn't exist, but we have vaccines, we have precautions, we have ways. It's just really nice to hear people getting together, connecting again, whether it's Games Done Quick, whether it's MAGFest, whether it's your local anime convention, Mm -hmm. whether it's just getting together with the house with friends. It's, um, It's just nice. It, it, I've, it really... I've missed you, bitches. <laughs> and we missed you, too. Good, good. All right. Well, Rama, you know you've been listening to the show long enough. You know this is the part of the show where I'm going to let you have a final thought. So, Rama, your final thought. I have five bags of Kit Kats in my fridge, and they're kind of calling me. I'm jealous. Those flavored Kit Kats are fun. What was the best flavored Kit Kat you came across? lemon it was it's so i've actually had that and it is really good yeah yeah i have to you know obviously i have to watch my candy intake but it's Mm. it's hard to turn down a little kit kat bar that's for sure sure. um Um, my final thought gosh i don't know i um yeah i think i just kind of said it there it feels it feels really good to be doing stuff live again i look forward to conventions coming up again i look forward to my cruise not gonna lie because it's basically a floating convention uh, at the end of February. I'm really excited about that. And yeah, uh, Dragon Con's on my agenda for this year. I'm waiting for the confirmation that I'll be, you know, we're, I I don't foresee that being an issue, but I never uh, I never consider anything done until it's done. But, uh, and then who knows, who knows what else this year? Anything's possible. It's going to be a fun year. Thanks everyone for being here tonight. We'll see you in seven days to do it all again. Loki will be back. Hopefully Dark Sock will be feeling better. And Rama, you can always call in on our Discord line. We appreciate it. All right. I truly have a good night, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. You've been listening to Orange Lounge Radio. Orange Lounge Radio is a production of OLR Studios. To join us for our live show, tune in to VogNetwork.com Sunday nights at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. The views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff of Orange Lounge Radio nor Vogue Network, but you know they were all still true.